0: Halloween! Greetings and good morning and welcome aboard Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Cinerama Studios and built by the TheBarnDominiumCo.com, where if you buy one, you can fix it up however you want to for your next Halloween. This year, though, we'll have some fun during hours. JC, JB, and Phil here were served by Chicken Cock Whiskey, as always, And on until 2 p.m. this afternoon. Joined coming up in just a little bit by the great golden tones of Mike Morgan at noon. We'll also be joined at 12.30 today by Patrick Davis. Patrick will be in Charleston this coming Friday night. And, of course, he will be in Columbia the night before Clemson and Carolina kick off in just a few weeks. But first and foremost, as always on Tuesdays, we're joined by the one and only Hail Yeah McGranahan. It is Halloween I only dressed up today as uh, nothing, really. I didn't even think about it. But um, so I'm confused. I'm confused. <laughs> what? what? <laughs> so, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: Bill, did,
2: did you know what is going on here, JC? What are you? Uh. <laughs> My name is Dick. Uh, I'm a cougar hunter. Okay, and uh, I work for the the Morning Wood Company. The Morning Wood Company. Morning Wood Company.
3: <laughs> what? I'm, I'm a lumberjack. I, I called it cornbread Ditka. <laughs> it could
2: be like a cornbread <laughs> yeah. Ditka for real. Hey, <laughs> just, hey, if he just dressed like this and talk in the Chicago accent, yeah. if my mustache wouldn't fall off. This, this costume was expensive, man. It was like uh, sent me back about 50 bucks. Anyone, is to,
4: anyone who's listening to this not watching it, go to the YouTube channel and, and <laughs> look.
0: see. Yeah, if, you're not, yeah, if you're not watching on the app, I, I'm I,
2: I didn't Wow. I didn't expect that. So you know or no, go to hell. I wonder if I, I dressed up. I didn't dress up last year, so I was like and I, Phil dropped a hint, a strong hint. And I was like, "I'm not, I'm not going to let Phil be the only one." That's so right. uh, about eight o'clock last night. And look, if you never, ever, ever go out the night before Halloween and go to a, a costume store, it's uh you'll get a mustache that doesn't stay on. But um, it's uh it it, it is 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 the worst experience. I mean, like twenty minutes in line. And but but I think I picked out a pretty solid. A solid role here uh well happy halloween to all of those who are keep in mind uh, it's it's bingo night tonight too man so i'm <laughs> i'm going to bingo dressed just like this
3: so you what you may come home with more than you bargained for you go out and bingo looking like that
2: it is popular <laughs> with the ladies
3: oh he's such a sexy southern man i like that yeah. sexy southern accent
2: uh yeah, Man, we are.
0: This is fantastic stuff.
1: <laughs>
0: I, I, um, that's
1: just, right. You
0: know, you know, those that just live and die by uh, the wins and losses of football season just they they don't they don't they don't, they don't see life for what it is. You know,
1: <laughs> this is
2: this is what it's all about. You know, just you that's know, right.
0: Doing this,
2: whatever, whatever that. Is. This, does, this does sort of cheer me up a little bit, to be honest, guys.
1: guys I was sort of hard. depressed
2: yesterday. It was yesterday, this weekend's loss was like a delayed depression. Like Florida put me out. Uh, cause Missouri, eh, it was a blowout. I kind of got over it, and I, I, but then a And was like, yeah, they played all right. And then by like Sunday, I was fine. But then Monday, I was like, oh man, that that just really sucked. so. Uh, this costume's cheering me up right
3: now. And
0: so, Phil, are you? Um, are you Blank
3: Man? What are you? Oh, oh no, no! I could probably throw a Blank Man costume together though with what I got around me. No, uh, th- we were actually going to do Princess Buttercup and Wesley from the Princess Bride. So this okay. is my Wesley mask. <laughs> I thought you were Ass Man from Howard Stern for a second, split second. <laughs> Oh man, you
2: remember Ass Man?
3: <laughs> yeah, Fart Man, Fart Man, Fart Man, yeah. Fart Man. Not yeah, yeah, bad. Yeah. Not ass man. Anyway, from I'm going to wear wig, a wig though just to kind of put it over the top, but I, it doesn't work with the headphones. Oh and...
2: <laughs> uh, god, I can't believe you guys that. notice this hat is just barely sitting on top of my head. I, <laughs> I have to, it's like I'm in a beauty pageant because my That's head's so big, so good I, I, that it's just perfect. Lightly atop your dog. Uh, I have such a gigantic <laughs> head. That this hat's not going to fit me. And so I'm like, uh, Nat pinned it to my wig earlier today. Oh, she did. Well, yeah, she had to help, obviously, with this. This, this uh, kind of great. I don't come up with this kind of greatness on my own. <laughs> Do you,
0: JC, stand up just a little bit. I just want to see the, okay. Dick.
2: How
5: many buttons
2: are unbuttoned? Oh, un- right. un- <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be two, Hale. <laughs> that would be two. <laughs> also, Nat's idea, uh, so I'll give her credit for that as well. I feel so gotta, bad I didn't partake in this, but um, you, you got to go unbutton another
4: button each hour, you got to just work your way <laughs>
2: right,
0: yes.
4: throughout the show. <laughs> <laughs>
2: full, body f- full, full body shot coming, yeah. <laughs> All right, wow, do well done,
0: bravo, JC. <laughs> you win the uh, yeah, you do the competition. <laughs> This week, and uh, we appreciate your, your Tuesday humor. Uh, speaking of humor, uh, <laughs> I, I, I thought it was pretty funny last night. Dabo decided to take five <laughs> minutes and put one of his uh, biggest fans in his place. Um, real quick before we let Hale go on with Gamecock football, I know some people might not want to hear this, but I didn't disagree with anything that he said. I don't know that he needed to say what he said, but I didn't disagree with anything that he said. I thought it was actually uh, pretty well put together for old Coach Sweeney. Who, so. Dabo or
2: Tyler from Spartanburg? For Dabo. <laughs> for Dabo. <laughs> nah, Tyler, I don't claim him, by the way, as a fellow Spartanburgonian. I, I, I'm with you. <laughs> I'm with you. you. Uh, I'd like to get Hales take on that because, you know, Hale, Hales kind of – weren't you around during the, the first infamous Dabo rant in 2011? Come out on Carolina.
0: I, I
4: was I was standing right beside Dabo when he went on that rant. Uh when when that question was asked, no one knew at the time that uh it was asked to be asked. So <laughs> thanks for saying I, it out loud, by the way. I've wondered, and others have wondered too, if this question was asked to be asked. I don't know whether it was or not. I you know anyone. You can guess their guess is as good as mine, but there is a precedent for us for this. There is uh, it's, it seemed uh, a little, it seemed a little too, uh, I don't know, rehearsed, I guess for, for my, uh, my mind.
1: Mm, interesting. I don't know, it,
4: just, it seemed, it seemed like uh, he had, he being Dabo had, had a lot of those um, talking points ready to roll. And, how how the hell did they let somebody call in and and go on like that for for that period of time to ask that question statement and, and make all those uh, very pointed comments on on the coaches' call on show? So uh, I'm a, I'm a little skeptical of of the uh, validity of, of a Tyler from Spartanburg being uh, you know somebody named Tyler who actually lives in Spartanburg County. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little skeptical of the whole deal, but it, it makes for uh, interesting fodder. Uh, either way, whether it was legit or, or planted, what have you, I, I don't know that there was anything to gain from from Dabo going on on such a rant like that uh, and, and putting himself out there that way. So I, I,
0: I, I think the same way. I think two things are true here. I think one, and we won't spend any more time on this, but one is true. Uh, which you just said you're right nothing to gain no, nothing to gain you really i mean you know outside of causing a quick firestorm there's not a lot that's coming out of this uh that's going to be important to anything on the other side if it, let's say it wasn't staged didn't disagree with anything you said you know you know like uh hey you know i get paid all the money because of what this program was before and what it's become since i got here and They've lost four games, which is not good by their standards, but they're not losing four games a season, at least not yet. So, anyways, it was an interesting Monday night moment, that is for sure. And um, Coach Sweeney is good at providing So some... everybody talks about saving and Spurrier and this, that, and the other. I don't know if there's anybody in the history of the sport that's ever gone on longer rants than Coach Sweeney, Dale.
4: Yeah, he, he can talk, though, to uh... – to his credit, he can he can put some some thoughts together in a hurry. So
2: he's got Dave Odom type skills, like for opening statements. Yeah, Dave Odom level. I mean, seriously. Yeah.
0: yeah. The and the, the, the difference in this one and what happened back in 2011, and I'll maintain this with with, with for for South Carolina forever. I did I didn't I didn't you know you know coaches go on rants and yet yeah, whatever it's fine I don't care I could, could really care less. But he got personal. With an entire fan base of people, you know, he was degrading and downgrading, you know, the USC and SC and and education and who's the real this that and the other. You know what I mean? Like he got personal with people. It wasn't about football at that point in time. He got personal with people who spent hard earned money to go get their degrees from South Carolina and spend their send their kids there. And that's where I think it was. It was just so over the line with what he did. It was very immature. Uh, this one, he just went bonkers on one of his own idiots. And uh, I mean, that guy really is like an idiot. Like who even if, if it wasn't staged, like who takes the time to call a call-in show like that and just think that you just say whatever you want. You know what I mean? It's just guys got brass balls, I guess, but uh, it's kind of stupid. I
4: don't know. Maybe it was a Carolina fan. If, if, uh, might've been is, is tuning in right now with us. Uh, show us your don't face, we have a,
0: don't we have a Tyler in the chat box sometimes? Maybe was that maybe. We that. do. Uh, yeah, we have several Tylers.
2: <laughs> Way to go, Tyler.
0: Tyler, where you at? There he is. Tyler from Spartanburg. Yeah, I agree. It seems set up.
2: <laughs> you win this year's you, you win this year's Will Muschamp Award for rival sabotage.
0: You see that, yes. Hale, In the in the chat box? Literally, it says Tyler from Spartanburg. Yeah, I agree. It seems I set knew up. that
2: was coming. I knew that was coming today. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. All right, um, Hale. Well, uh, what uh, wasn't set up was the Gamecocks lost last week, again, on the road, but they're home for four straight weeks. So they're two and six. Uh, give us your summarization of where they are in entering the month of November. I don't know how to try to piece together
4: some coherent thoughts about Gamecock football after the last ten minutes, so bear with me. Um, <laughs> the, the The final month of the season – I think everybody knew that it was going to be the easiest portion of the schedule, if for no other reason that, that you got Jacksonville state and Vanderbilt at home back to back weeks. Uh, in addition to having two more home games to, to close out, we all knew that this, this stretch from the end of what September and on and through October was going to be tough. When, when you look at who they played and where they played them, it, it's pretty challenging for anybody to, to take on four of the five best defenses in the SEC all at their place. Like, that's challenging. If, if you told any, any team in the country that they're going to have to play for the five best SEC defenses in the country or best run defenses in the country, I should say, uh, folks, a lot of folks, bet, well, that's, that seems like it's going to be very challenging to handle. And if you're like, Oh yeah. And you got to play them all at their place. Like what? Like seriously, that's, that's almost unfair, but that's, we knew that this was going to be the case. South Carolina had a challenging schedule. It's not like uh, this was just popped out of the blue. Like this has been a, been a thing for a while around here. So that certainly doesn't justify two and six. That doesn't make it any easier to, to deal with if you're a fan or, or, or watching this this team week to week that that doesn't doesn't make anybody feel better. But what should make folks feel better is to know that they've got a chance to to close out the season with a bang. You got to start with a win this weekend and do it again the following weekend, and uh, then then the two two final tests will be will be tougher. It's almost in my eyes kind of like a a build a, a gradual. Uh, the test is getting more and more challenging as it goes this this next month. But, uh, you know, if, if you told me before the season that, that South Carolina still has a chance to finish with a winning record and, and beat the rival, I you know, I, I would have said that if, if you can have a winning record and beat Clemson, uh, if you told me that in August and that was going to be the case, I, I would have said that's a successful season granted the way things have played out you know that that changes things for sure but uh, I I think there are some things still left on the table that can make folks feel feel better about about where Carolina football is even though clearly uh this this last stretch of games has has left plenty of folks and rightfully so to to be worried and concerned about about where things are at but uh, there's always next week and you can start turning turning things around then
0: can I, yeah I I want to JC I want to throw something in here just real quick and let y'all take it. I, it's something that I uh was doing a little homework yesterday and I decided I would go look at these numbers and compare them with with as bad as everything has been there there is something uh it, we talk about Mario Anderson a lot we should. Um I don't know if anybody realizes this or not but Mario Anderson right now has 468 yards rushing this year. On 92 carries. And remember, he only received eight carries combined in the first two games of the season between North Carolina and, <clears throat> uh, I mean, um, between Furman and, and Georgia. In his first two games of the season, he didn't, he didn't get one in the North Carolina game, right? Okay. So he's got 92 carries for 468 yards and seven games of action. And now I know that last year there's a different guy calling plays and, and, and uh, he, he had some bang-ups here and there. Marshawn Lloyd last year in nine games had 566 yards rushing on 111 carries, meaning if this week if in under seven, 17 or 18 carries Mario Anderson finds a way to 98 yards, he surpasses that former five-stars production. This is a guy who came out of Goose Creek, he played at Stratford, went to Newberry, came here. Everybody wrote him off because he's a transfer from Newberry. But, Hale, J.C., Phil, this is a neat story. And if you've gotten to know him and, and understand his family and his background and all those things and how he – if you cut him open, he's bleeding garnet and black. It, it is it, – this is going to be one of the kids that Gamecock fans are going to pull for long after he leaves this university. As bad as things have been, boy, this is, this is something that just won't be forgotten in my mind.
2: And uh, if I'm not mistaken – Marshawn had pretty good games against Charlotte and SC state both. I, I think he definitely went over a hundred and something against Charlotte. I think he had 80 something against SC state on about 10 carries. So yeah, Mario hasn't had the luxury of playing anybody close to that. I mean, Furman maybe, and, but uh, I was in map up duty. So he, he's largely no done offensive it. Line. Yeah, he's largely done it against good def- SEC defenses. Uh And, hell, you know, get-right games, I mean, you and I have been covering the sport for a long time. I'm a big fan of get-right games. Uh, I hesitate to call these next two get-right because it's a 2-16. and But if, you know, we're sitting there in September and Carolina was 0-2, we'd probably definitely call them get-right games. Uh, I think Jacksonville State and Vanity are better than – that are going to be more confident than Charlotte and SC State last year. But there's precedent. Like, if you look at last year – you know, Carolina went out after getting destroyed by Georgia, then half a hundred on Charlotte, half a hundred on SC state. And that facilitated a lot of confidence for those next two games at Kentucky, uh, which they went up there and won. Uh, and then A&M at home. Uh, I think that can do that for a football team. Uh, good news is you don't have to take a road trip. Kentucky comes here uh, and then you got Clemson and you're dead inside. If you don't get up for that one. So, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, these next two weeks. It, do you agree that you know they good performances in both games? A should lead to Carolina wins. B should lead to a completely different team confidence wise with the Wildcats coming to town.
4: I don't see any reason why not. As long as they win, that there's there's no reason to think otherwise. If if you look at how this matchup is with Jacksonville State and they're a run heavy team that uh, that's not going to be much of a threat through the air. So I feel like it's one of those things with the defense, they can kind of pin their ears back, so to speak, and, and, and gear up to stop the run and, and not feel like that you're going to get beat over the top. Uh, and you look at where they're at on defense and, and what they've done, they, they've gotten a bunch of sacks, but with, with the way Carolina has run the ball with, with Mario Anderson, just sticking with that little team, uh, you probably should feel like the, that you can do some damage that way, especially if you look and see what some some teams they've played this year have, have done against them. So uh, I, I like the idea of uh, 76 Gamecock saying that uh, Mario's going to rush for 150 against these guys. I I, I, th- I would think that, that this is a game where you try to get him the ball 20-plus times uh, on, on handoffs and and see where that gets you. And then you try to parlay that. in the next week against the Vanderbilt team, that's the worst defense in the SEC. I i, I think we can all agree that we've seen some pretty bad defense uh, the first two months of this season watching Carolina games, but Vanderbilt is still the worst defense in the SEC. So uh, not to try to get past Jacksonville State or look past them, but, but yeah, just kind of to answer your question, J.C., th- these are – Get right games, man. I mean, looking at the schedule preseason, the easiest games uh, on the schedule were probably Furman, Jacksonville State, and Vanderbilt in, in that order. So uh, you, you would think that, that this is an opportunity for Carolina to to get some momentum going in the right direction and, and try to you know progressively get this thing going uh, through Kentucky and Clemson and uh, perhaps even with the bowl game. So we'll uh, we'll have to just kind of see how it unfolds one week at a time because uh, you can't win all four if, if you lose one of them so uh, that's that's going to be probably the the mindset for for this team going in into this weekend is hey just one week's uh, as cliche as it is just it's a one week season from here on out and and, and approach it that way
0: yeah audio popping into my and so here I can't hear. Um, g- going back to last year, uh, guys, and, and there's a lot that goes into this. So you know, it really—I'm not sure if what the connection is. But anytime Spencer Rattler throws 30 times or more in a game, outside of Clemson and Tennessee last year, they lose. Y'all notice that 30 or more, they get beat every single time. Uh, and and clearly, a lot of that has to do with getting down early in the game, and then they have to throw the football a lot to try to get back into it. You know, that's that's unfortunately a recipe for disaster uh, Hale. But I guess what I'm getting at here is it does appear that generally this offense off of what you just said a minute ago, you know, try to feed the they really need to get the running game going. I'm not I'm not meaning this disrespectfully to Spencer. He he's a guy who's capable of throwing as many times as they need to in the right offense, but this specific offense is uh, with what they've got is more of an offense that's really designed to throw it twenty five maybe thirty times a game, and 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 run the football. And if you can't, then then more than likely they're not going to win. Would you Would y'all you agree with that? Is there something to that?
4: I I agree, but my counter to that, JB, is that when when you're down late in the second half, you're going to have to throw more than you run the ball. So maybe that
0: is kind of a chicken or the egg? No, that's what I'm saying. That's Maybe what I'm saying. I'm saying the perfect, the, the perfect potion for, for this offense, they they walk into a ball game hoping to probably throw it 25 times with Rattler. That's just what it seems to be. The, the issues they are having to throw it more than 25, 30 times a game. And, and because they're down is what I'm getting at here. It just doesn't seem like everybody, I think, thought coming into the year, well, we got Spencer Rattler, shoot, man, he'll run out there and pitch it around 35, 40 times and they're going to rack it up. I don't think, I don't think that's – I don't know that there's any game on the schedule where you look at it and you say, oh, we just need to go out there and throw the ball around, we're going to be fine. Like, they have to run the football to be successful. It's proven in the wins and losses.
2: Yeah, and when you're missing Juice Wells and you know, Amari and Brown most of the year. Uh, yeah. And, you know, Xavier was himself this past weekend. You know, balance. But even going
0: back to last year, though. Like outside yeah. of Tennessee and Clemson, every other game that they threw it over
2: 30 times, it got beat. Yeah, it's hard for me to compare yeah. that, that, that point because, you know, South Carolina until the Tennessee game was very run-based. Run I mean, they, they basically were riding Marshawn Lloyd.
1: Mm-hmm. That
2: seemed to be the plan. Uh, and then I think they tried to ride Jaheim Bell into a brick wall at Florida. Um mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm with you there, dude. I mean, I, I think uh, – you think about the Mississippi State game, really good day on, day on offense. Uh, Carolina's 18 for 20. Or yep. Spencer was 18 for 20. That's it. Uh, really good day on offense against Florida, and, and they were balanced. So, even though they lost. Um, so, yeah. I threw it 30 times on I the mean, dot. mean, yeah, most people actually tell you that, you know, balance is the way to go. And, and I actually think, you know – I think, hell, I think we found something with Mario. Um, Ever and, and you know, you cover recruiting and stuff, and I know we all love Matthew Fuller. I think they need one or two more uh, in the class, but, but running back. But I, I think Mario is sort of a godsend, don't you? He's
4: been he's been spectacular, and I know everybody sees what's played out during the season. And is like, well, how the hell was was DK the better running back? I, you know the coaches. <laughs> are with these guys for eight months and, and see them doing a lot more than, than we've seen during that eight month stretch. So it was pretty consistent that, that Joiner was, you know, the better option coming into the season. And, and we've heard a lot from a lot of folks on the record, including Mario himself talking about how he needed to, to get better. And there were, there were a lot of areas that he needed to continue to improve in and a point that I made, several weeks ago and part of me wonders if, if this is a factor is like some guys are just better when the lights are on, like the, the, phrase gamer, he's a gamer that might have been what, what the deal was with him. Like let him get going on a Saturday and, and he he's at his best. Like there are plenty of guys who, who have been like that over the years and continue. Yeah. That's, that's just football. And and I don't know, maybe that was a thing for Mario. Either way, they've gotten him going, and whether or not he would have been the difference in the game against North Carolina, I don't think so. If we can just think back to how brutally awful that offensive line looked, uh, it it probably would have been tough for him to get going. Uh, Then you look at the Georgia game – I don't know that he would have been able to make a bunch of a difference in that game from from the final result as far as affecting that. Maybe maybe I'm wrong with both of those. I don't. We'll never know. But uh, they've got him going now. He he's the guy clearly, and you know you just move full steam ahead with him and and keep feeding him that thing and and let him like try to try to carry this team to to a win each of the next four Saturdays. I. And you can still mix into carry on, like we, we saw what he did around that goal line against yep. A and we've seen it throughout the season. He's yeah. still very, very uh, valuable to this football team, and, and can help them win games. And he sniffs
0: the end zone, man.
1: Yeah, if he's he around
4: looked, the goal he, line, he'll get in. He looked, JB. You said it before. I mean, he he has he he just looks like a different different guy in those situations. You know, between the twenties, he's he's not the same guy as he is inside the ten yard line. I, I, that's pretty obvious to me, and I think probably a lot of folks who've who have watched these first eight games, and and I think that uh, it's important to have more than one running back who who you can count on. And there are certain certainly different scenarios and situations that you're going to encounter throughout a game, and uh, sometimes you need more than one guy to to help manage those and get through them. So. How, however it shakes out uh, this Saturday, I, I think we all are, are pretty certain that uh, getting Mario Anderson the ball is, is is a good good place to start. And, yeah, he's he's been a godsend for this team.
2: Good things Again. happen when he gets Going,
4: going back to, to what I said earlier about playing four of the five toughest uh, SEC run defenses all on the road, he's averaged. You take out that Georgia game when he had, what, two carries? He's averaged. 80, 80 plus yards against Tennessee, Missouri, and Texas A and M. Uh, that's that's really good. If if he qualified, if he qualified as as one of the SEC's leading rushers, just based on the the five games that he's actually been the lead back, he he would be like seventh in, in yards per game. It's like eighty five point four yards. Um, so all that to say, yeah, he's he's been really good, and and I'm not. Saying anything that that nobody else is, has has come to realize.
2: I, I think most running backs when they go up the level, they go up a level. There is a certain adjustment as far as the speed of the game goes. Absolutely, you know, you, you have to adjust. The, even Marcus Lattimore, you know, and and uh, that's what I heard about Mario during the spring. And you can kind of tell in the spring game the more carries he got because he, he was close to breaking a couple in that spring game. Um, the more carries he got, the better he was. Well, then you didn't hear about him during fall camp, but I, I think sometimes to your point, Hale about being a gamer for a running back, they get they get into a rhythm against up uh, uh, against opponents, uh, and the best way for them to adjust to the speed of the game, quote unquote, is to play against other teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you see that with freshmen sometimes, you know, you, you see it. Uh, you saw with Demetrius Summers when he was here. You know, he, he got kind of some limited carries and didn't look all that good and then all of a sudden at Georgia late in the game they put him in oh I figured it out boom 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 next week got 161 against UAB the next week 158 against Tennessee unfortunately he got his ankle sprained against the Vols shocker he got hurt against the Vols but uh it's uh it's like that with running backs sometimes I mean it's just uh uh, it, it's like that, so uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you guys. It, well, all all the extra,
0: all the extra stuff, JC. I mean, we sat there. Yeah. I sat there and talked to him at the event in Mount Pleasant, and I said, "Where do you feel like you're a little behind?" He said, well, "I can run. I can tote the rock. Give me the ball." But I, I'm still learning everything. He's like, it, "It's a different thing. I mean, picking yeah. up blocks and understanding shifts and who's doing what and and knowing where to go and the language and I mean, it was he told me directly to my face." That is right now where I'm struggling. This staff has proven, under Shane Beamer's leadership, since day one, if you don't understand what you're doing out there, for the most part, you're not going to play, and especially at these skill positions. So he didn't play. Uh, and But he's play. But we just see the running side of it. And I get where people are. I, I'm, nobody's wrong. That's so what I'm getting at here. Like, we see him get the ball. I mean, Hale, I think it was the day after he played in his first game uh, in the Furman game. And when we you were on with us on Tuesday, and I'm pretty sure I said it to you, said it to everybody else, not that I'm a genius. I just had eyes that worked. You, hey, this is the best running back on the team.
1: Yeah. Clearly,
0: you just saw him run. I mean, there's nothing else to it. But there's a whole other world of
2: understanding how to play that position at this level. He just wasn't quite there yet. Even against Georgia, signs of life. You know, first drive, it was third and two. They gave it to him. I think he carried the entire Georgia defense an extra four yards. Yeah, I mean, that was – if you remember back to that first drive, uh, they didn't run it. I don't think the plan at Georgia was to run it much at all. Against that bunch, so yes. uh, and I think they need to DK in to block and catch passes and things like that. But look, it, it, people are worried about why didn't Mario start at the beginning of the year? It, it, who cares? It, it, what what the point is now? You've got four critical games coming up, and Mario Anderson is going to be a pivotal part of all of them uh, because, as Hale very eloquently pointed out, your, your toughest run. De- I don't know where Clemson's at run defense wise. But most most of your tougher run good. defenses are gone. Okay, Clemson, Kentucky will be okay, but the next two will, will be fine. And and Mario's proven even against the toughest run defenses, even behind this offensive line, he could be productive, at least to a certain extent. Yeah. Oh, by the way,
4: with, with all the issues they've had on the offensive line from an injury standpoint, he he's managed, they've managed to to have a running game that it's actually pretty good. I mean, you, you look at the raw numbers and well, not the raw numbers, but the, the rushing rushing offense numbers and, and see that, that they're really low in the SEC. But for some reason, some dumb, really dumb reason, the NCAA takes away sack yards. Uh, so, you know, everybody has to deal with that. But when you're giving up almost more sack yards than everybody in the country, that's going to really skew things.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's it's going to make the stats ugly. I was telling somebody today – I don't care about the ugly stats. They're going to be ugly when your line's like this. Heck, when Steve Spurrier had a bad offensive line, they were like 12th in the league in total offense sometimes. that uh, People people sometimes conflate outcomes and stats and stuff with your abilities as a play caller or offensive coordinator. And, and you got to look at the big picture, man, to really evaluate that, I think, in my opinion. But that's just me.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. Vanderbilt is 105th in the country. Gamecocks, by the way, have – have stepped up on that side of the ball. It's slowing the rundown. They're 62nd in the nation, which yeah. really is not bad from where they, from where they were. Um, Hale, uh, want to uh, squeeze in some quick recruiting stuff with you. If, if, if you've got a couple extra minutes, uh, then we'll get you out of here. Um, did see that potentially the number one prospect in the country could be in town this weekend. Fill us in if you have any details.
4: David Sanders is a 2025 offensive tackle from Charlotte Providence Day School. He he hasn't been to Columbia since, I think it was in April, March maybe, sometime during the spring this year. So it's been a while since he's been down. Uh, he'll be back Saturdays. planning to be back for the game, Jacksonville State game. I don't know that there are going to be a ton of recruits in for that game. So maybe it's a good thing that uh, you can focus a lot of your attention a lot of your time, energy, and effort on on such a big name recruit, and, and have a lot of folks uh, catering to him and his family, and making sure they get all the attention that they need. Quite frankly, uh, so that would be a good thing. Uh, whether whether or not there's a bunch of guys that get in for the game, like we we can spend this in a, in a positive direction that that you can just put all sorts of attention towards this guy, and he's one of the highest rated uh, offensive line prospects that that South Carolina has been in on since since I've been covering this team, and they've obviously done really good work here of late at that particular position, uh, but if they can stay in the game with this guy, uh, that, w- that would be awesome, but uh, there, there's a lot of competition there, Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, to be specific, uh, he, he seems pretty pretty open to a lot of folks, so I, I don't know that uh, I would necessarily say those three are, are, are the, the, the lead group, but I, I think uh, that it's probably safe to say that maybe mix North Carolina in there as well. But uh, South Carolina's got a little work to do. Like I said, he hadn't been in since the spring, so uh, they, they could go a long way in, in trying to, to get more – more into the mix than than maybe what it's looked like since it's been such a long time since he's been down, down from Charlotte.
3: Do you think there'll be any added benefit of having the 2010 to 2013 guys in there? Do you think there'll be any opportunity for him to actually get to interact with those players?
4: I suppose. I I don't know how much that'll be a factor. Um, You know, those, that was what 10 plus years ago. So I, I doubt
3: that he really, Re- remembers those South Carolina teams or no, not uh, that he would remember or would like relate to them in that sense, but Hey, here's what, you know, we were able to do here. You know, don't let anybody tell you that this is not something that's doable in this, you know, at this school. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. Head ball coach too. I mean,
4: <laughs> sure. Yeah. I, I guess. Counted kind of to that point, Phil is, is there's probably a little bit to overcome right now, Given the way the season this season has gone, uh, being being two and six and all, so uh, yeah. maybe maybe you can try to say, "Hey, this is what what we're we're working towards, and, and this this is what Coach Beamer feels like this program can get to, and and eventually surpass it." So, mm. uh, I'm sure those conversations that have been had already with him, and and certainly other big name guys, but uh, but yeah, I I think that there could be some benefit there.
0: Uh, I know last night you put out a report that uh, is for those that aren't uh, subscribers to the big spur. Uh, it's called the big And on Monday nights, they have this thing called the VIP room. Okay. So you can check that out on a Monday nights instead of waiting on your friends who pay for it to pass along the information. So you don't have to pay $9 a month for the hardworking folks over there like these two. Uh, but you did have some recruiting updates in there. Apparently somebody started some bogus rumor about Michael Smith uh if you could quickly uh now that that report's been out for 15 hours or so if you could summarize that and anything else pertinent uh moving forward maybe at the wide receiver position potentially
4: yeah i wouldn't call the rumor bogus there's certainly some merit to to Tennessee trying to to get into the mix i, I may not have worded that as as eloquently as i should have but uh sure. in what i wrote last night but uh Tennessee's one of the schools that's that's coming after michael smith the titan commit from savannah the quarterback commit for tennessee in 2024 jake merklinger is his teammate at cavalry day school so Mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense for a quarterback to, to recruit his teammate especially a teammate who's really good and you would much rather have guys committed in your class who are coveted by your sec rivals as opposed to guys that just aren't good enough. So sure. Some of that comes with the territory when, when you have really good players um, in college football recruiting, people are going to come after them. You know, it's, it's up to you to try to hang on to them with whatever, uh, by whatever means necessary, whether that's doing better on the field or, or doing better in other areas. I don't know. I'm I'm not, I I hope folks don't read into what I'm saying just now, but, uh, it, it, it takes work to to get to signing day. Like it's, it's been that way since this thing started. Like college football recruiting is very cutthroat and, and you're going to have folks coming after your guys and you're going to go after other folks, guys. And, um, that, you know, South Carolina is trying to flip a wide receiver who's committed to Tennessee. So they've already done it once, uh, and if they can do it a second time, that would be huge. I I don't know that Braylon Staley is is going to flip to South Carolina. Uh, I wrote in the VIP room that it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen at this point. But, again, there's, what, two months or a month and a half before signing day. So you never know what could happen between now and then. And, and there's certainly other guys that Carolina is trying to flip from other schools, whether it's a cornerback at Kentucky or – Defensive end at Southern Cal or mm-hmm. some other name, uh, that, that we'll be talking about that we don't know about right now. There's a long way to go, and certainly no no prisoners. The, these guys take no prisoners when it comes to this stuff. Uh, part of me almost wishes it was like college basketball and college baseball recruiting, and then the guy commits somewhere, and, and, and you just it's over him well and see, see it on the field in two years. But, uh, that's not how it goes. Uh,
0: do y'all have any, just out of curiosity, any insight uh, on Somerville's Yannick Smith? Uh, obviously, being down here, being from here, you know, you hear lots of things. I, I, I understand from some of my pretty good sources, I'd call them. Um, they, they really like him as a player. I know he's – I did see you kind of write a little bit on him last night. I've had some folks say to me, Hale, directly, this kid's better than – than an East Carolina type commitment uh he's a dude who probably did need to play his senior year and really show out and I think he's done a nice job of doing that I've just wondered if you've heard if in addition to the Gamecocks are there any other um any other programs maybe trying to get involved at this point in time and and I know Carolina's at least had their eyes on him
4: yeah he's got an offer from Kentucky and he was supposed to visit Kentucky a few weeks ago but uh I, I don't think he he didn't he did not make the trip and I don't think he's He's been there uh, since then. So I do agree that I think he's probably a little bit better than East Carolina. No offense to them. Uh, I think he's good enough to play at the power five level. Maybe it, you look at the film and, and he's not a burner by any means, but he's he's not slow. He's a bigger body guy. So th- there's, you know, some some give and take there when it comes to the skill set. But I, I think he's really good and, and someone that the staff – here in Colombia is monitoring. They have not offered, and, and I don't know that that they will offer uh, anytime soon. But but they're certainly keeping an eye on him, and and he is he is someone who who they're you know considering at this point. So okay. uh, we we shall see how that that plays out.
0: Hail McGranahan. We kept him for a lot longer than we were supposed to today. I guess, uh, JC, if you'll just Venmo him or whatever you need to do to make sure that he's.
2: yeah, He, like he gets it. this hat when uh, I'm done with it. <laughs> hail, hail the <laughs> Cougar Hunter. All right. Just autograph, autograph
4: it for me there, uh, Dick.
2: I will. There's no problem. <laughs> hey, I go by hey, I, go, I go by Richard.
1: <laughs> we-
2: we still didn't have enough room to put that uh, Richard on the, on the thing.
0: What what about Blank Man down here? We don't want anything from Blank Man. Oh,
2: I. You know what?
4: I'll I'll dress up as J Five tonight. Hand out candy to the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes.
0: I love that movie. <laughs> I have not seen that movie in years. Are you you like it? You like Blank Man? Hell, That's one. Oh of your- man, I I used to watch it on HBO all the time back in the day. I, <laughs> was on all the time. I
4: mean, I'm a big Wayans Brothers guy. Yeah, the family. They're- the family too, even the sister, like all of them. I I, lo- I love all the whites.
0: <laughs> yeah, they're Big good. In,
2: in living color fan, I would guess. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What happened? Yeah, that was Great one of the best movie. comedy shows of all time. If you think about the cast, I mean, throw Jim Carrey in there, and wow.
4: Yeah. Jeez, White Chicks is a very underrated
0: movie. <laughs> it is. <laughs> I never, could, I couldn't get into that one. I thought it was too dumb, but I don't know why. I mean, Blank Man's dumb too. So I mean, right. they're you know whatever. Yeah, I, well, it's uh, it's Happy Halloween to you, Hale. I, whatever you decide to wear later, or whatever you do, we hope you enjoy it and don't eat all the candy before the kids do. Same to y'all. I enjoy it, thanks, man. There you go, thanks, Hale McCranahan, Uh as he always does, joins <laughs> us on uh, uh, Tuesday. I, I, I just, you know, you you take the kids to school and like all little kids are dressed up and all that, you know. And they're all in their little pumpkin outfits and blah blah blah. I'm like, my kids just can't like we don't we don't wear anything orange in this house, so I can't bring it to myself to we put them in orange shirts. You know, can't do it. We don't do it I here either. I scrapped
3: an entire background today that I was working on this morning because I was like, you know what, too too much orange, yeah, too much orange. <laughs> like, I,
0: I just can't I can't I can't do it, man. Like the the you know the orange the I just I, I mean they've literally been bought shirts by their grandmother before, not my mom. <laughs> and and I said I'm sorry, Sherry, they can't wear those. And she <laughs> said, Well they're they're Halloween. I said that that, that doesn't matter. It like... could be it could be mistaken for something else, and that, that that doesn't work. We can't do all that around here. So we didn't we
2: threw them out. We got rid of them. Remember, remember uh, Pete Yannity? Yeah. There's orange in the end zone. Yeah. Orange in
3: the end zone. Yeah. Remember, yeah. remember, put, a garnet, that?
2: remember <laughs> put a garnet six on it?
3: Put a garnet
2: six on it. That was there the one in 21, two years awful. There weren't a lot of garnet sixes. and People mm. just got so tired of it. They were like, I think he changed it to just kiss and hug the ones you love at Touchdown Carolina uh, after that. but What? Yeah, Charlie Mack changed his touchdown. It was. Yeah, you're right. He went from put a garnet six on it to kiss and hug the ones you love. It's touchdown Carolina. Now it's, oh, Oh. touchdown Carolina. Oh, hurt me. You know, when Todd sounds like he's having stomach pain, something good's happening for the game. Something guy. good's
3: happening. That's right. <laughs> you, hate,
2: you, hate to, you hate for that sound to kind of be associated with good feelings, but by God, it is.
0: Yeah. Oh, oh. Todd, you know where Todd is excellent is in the pregame show. He's uh, he's really. Good I
2: agree, and yeah. I want to, I want to commend you for noticing that because that's uh, not all of us probably catch the pregame show like we should. But I've, I've caught it a couple of times recently, and he has, he does a lot of homework for it, and it's good yeah. stuff. I, I am, yeah. I, I, I am glad you said that, JB, because you're absolutely correct.
0: Yeah, he's really, really, really good in the pregame show, and he's really good in the postgame show. I mean, he, he knows. He knows which questions to ask Shane to. He gets to the question. He gets him in. He gets him out. He has a lot of information. He's really, really good at that. Um, but um, yeah, certainly certainly been a struggle in the booth uh, from, from time to time. Um, Some questions here, Jay. I know we, we got about four. We're just literally going commercial-free here in hour one today. so we're I can't see the, the chat box, breaks.
2: by the way, because um, I don't have you're... glasses on. <laughs> these are, these are
0: fake, so you got
2: to read it. I'm blind.
0: We got a couple of folks in here who signed up for the 3130 initiative as part of uh, Carolina, Carolina Rise. Um, and um, some of the questions – let's see here. Where was the question? Um, dun, 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 dun. Where where'd it go? Phil, did you did you eliminate it did you did no, you get I no. didn't, it can you somebody... talk about 3130 since it's this yeah yeah 31 30 since it's the last day share the link
2: oh yeah sure we can plug that that's no problem I can send the link to Phil it is the last day we're rapidly selling them uh had a pretty big morning selling those um uh I think uh if you you're, I think we're up probably after today up to about seventeen thousand dollars raised which first 30, 30 yeah for smaller initiatives like that, that's that's gigantic because, you know, it, it, price the price of all the decals and the tickets we're away and the hats it, it it pales in comparison to that and that money sort of earmarked to help with uh, football transfer portal things like that. And we'll do a we'll do more between now and then. Um, and and I certainly have been impressed with the way people have responded to it and uh, and all that. Keep in mind. Uh, if you did do 3130 and you're not a monthly member, this is not a monthly membership. Uh, I just want to let people know that because some people were worried. Uh, they, they actually went to kind of, oh, can I upgrade my 1801? Well, not 1801's monthly. This is just a one-shot deal. Um, you know, and we got uh, we got a new partner now. Uh, I put it up on the website, new hat partner, Sand leper Outdoors that we're excited about. As we head into Christmas, we'll have all sorts of uh, – Gear partners, whether it's Gamecock Gear not, Gamecock Gear, cool stuff, uh, you name it. Um, and, you know, we and and so that's going to be a big push of ours as well. Um, you've probably read some stuff if you get on Gamecock Central from the other collective, uh, painting a picture of dire straits, uh, and I will tell you that you know they're not lying. Um, you know, as far as the immediate need goes. Uh, I think in time it's just one of those things where everybody's got to kind of get used to it and embrace it. And once that happens, uh, I think the Gamecocks will have a good sustainable NIL deal. But th- there's too many there's too many people that either don't know, don't understand, or, just, or they're just working against it out there in the fan base, uh, and, and I, they just don't understand that it's it's just it's just hey, if you don't want to participate, nobody's going to tell you how to spend your money, but don't work against it. Uh, because it's something that the, the, the program desperately needs, and that's every program on campus. And the, those of you that are working against NIL, that also, it's kind of funny, the same people that are against NIL, the same people that want to fire Shane Beamer every week, good luck hiring a new coach if the NIL situation here continues to be bad. Because you want to know why Lane Kiffin didn't go to Auburn? Because they got $10 million at Ole Miss, and they put it together for them quick because they're about to lose it. All right, that's important to coaches uh, because if you don't have the resources nowadays, you're not going to win. And and I'm not blaming any losses on NIL or anything like that, man. I mean, that's just – that wouldn't be cool of me. Uh, The season's one thing. How you build, construct, and retain your roster now, though, in college football is dramatically different. No longer can we sit there and say this guy sucks as a recruiter or this guy's great because there's terrible recruiters out there that have the resources that are landing guys. And that's particularly true in the transfer portal. So just uh, FYI on that. uh, I know most of you in here are very, very supportive. And I want to thank you uh, for that with the thirty-one thirty thing. You you guys are great. Um, But spread the word. If you hear somebody say something (laughs) negative about NIL, I don't like it either. If it were up to me, it wouldn't exist. You know, I don't mind players making money, but, I I don't like the what it's become, but it's a reality, uh, and and my f- screw my feelings, f my feelings, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I care about the Gamecocks having a good program over my personal feelings, so that's uh, that's where I stand on that. And I, 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 I looking at myself saying this, dressed like this, is kind of weird. I'll just be honest. <laughs> well, that's it. it.
0: kind of weird us too, to be honest with <laughs> you.
2: <laughs> it's just kind of a weird. Uh, hey, hey, hell, it's Halloween. <laughs>
0: Uh, we'll see what Mike Morgan thinks. We're out of time in our number one, one quick thing, uh, before we run, uh, if you're on Twitter during the break, uh, while you're, uh, watching our fine partners, uh, during this quick timeout, if you're on Twitter, go to coach Tanner's Twitter page. You won't believe this. This is so cool. Uh, coach Tanner has tweeted a photo from South Carolina alumni, John Netzel, who he took this picture. Outside of Phoenix's Chase Field of a billboard. It, the same billboard is in Arlington, Texas. It is a hat tip to both Christian Walker and Jordan Montcountry Country saying good luck from Gamecock uh, Country. Uh, with the South Carolina baseball logo on it, you want to go see that if you haven't. It's on Twitter on Coach Tanner's uh, Twitter page. Really cool. Uh, with the Gamecock baseball being represented in both uh, locations of this year's World Series. Uh, so, uh, congrats! Whoever did that, I get maybe the university did it. It's got the USC baseball logo on it. Uh, thank you, Cooters. Bravo to uh, yeah, to the University nice. of South Carolina's athletics department. Well done, well done. All right, mm-hmm. we'll step aside. Mike Morgan is up next. Patrick Davis joins us today at twelve thirty as well. We'll find out their favorite Halloween kitten. Maybe get into some costumes conversations with them as well. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll talk plenty of football. Don't worry. And the Ghostbusters will take us out.
6: Hour one in the books. with Brad Patton. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs or what to mix with our Dixie vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South. Welcome to Palm Casual Patio Furniture, because we are the factory Palm Casual has the ability to offer the highest quality outdoor furniture paired with world class service Since 1979 our factory showrooms have done our best to make the buying process as easy as possible for our customers Our understanding of the many factors that go into your decision has helped us create our 30 day trial period that increases the level of comfort our customers feel during the shopping experience Visit us in Somerville and online at palmcasual.com Gamecock owned and operated
0: Michael Campbell arrived at South Carolina in 2003 after growing up in Virginia and was dubbed the Winchester Rifle by Gamecock's great Tommy Moody in the broadcast booth. He left in 2006 a legend, a career 315 hitter and 20th round draft pick of the San Diego Padres. Campbell was first all-time in games played at bats and triples, second all-time in hits with 299 singles and total bases, third all-time in doubles, top 10 in runs scored, and RBI, and he hit 31 home runs in his career for the Gamecocks. Now he's passing his knowledge to the next generation through his business, Soup's Swing Shop. If your son or daughter wants to improve their game, Soup's Swing Shop offers virtual lessons. Mike will connect with you, diagnose your swing, and create a special game plan to help improve it. Call him at 859-414-8240. Email soupsswingshop at gmail.com or find them on social media and on the Chief Sports app. Soup's Swing Shop. Play ball. Welcome home That's what the Gamecocks say And so does the Barn Dough Company Where they can build your dream home Starting as low as $160 per square foot If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee Their turnkey process takes just 4-6 to months on average And can be custom designed by size and details Make your dream a reality Visit TheBarnDominiumCo.com. That's TheBarnDominiumCo.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated.
7: Brady settles in the pocket. Launches one deep down the field. Wide open at the 15. 10-5. Touchdown, Touchdown, Tampa Bay! It's time for Power Hour with Mike Morgan on Inside the Gamecocks, the show! Looking deep downfield, rolling out, throws it up in the air, and it is caught! Touchdown, Troy Williamson, what a catch! Saturday evening here in Bluegrass Country, ahead to Buckman, slam oh. city for Ronaldo,
6: in the 20, 10, 5, touchdown! Head to Frederick, Frederick! Yeah. Lays it in the buzzer! That's a win! Unbelievable! I don't believe it! Who starred? With one. Pull
7: up three. Good if it goes. He got it! He got it! He got it! Carolina wins! Havens gets it high!
0: All right, it's hour two. Welcome back inside the Gamecocks, the show built by the Barndo Co. And proudly served by our friends at Chicken Cock Whiskey. Mike, we did the same thing earlier when we cut the... uh, I'm clearly underdressed. uh, Well, me too. You know, I I didn't even think about it. I put on my Patrick Davis hat because Patrick's coming up in 30 minutes. And I thought, well, I'll wear one of his hats today. And then that, this is, you got blank man down here and then you got the cornbread cougar hunter up here and (laughs) JC. Oh
7: my goodness. The thing is, honestly, if those two dressed like that every day, I don't think it would be completely off the wall or out of character. Like we, you, you this doesn't have to be reserved for Halloween. JC and Mad Dog could, could look like that every day and be like, yeah, that's, that's, that'll work. I don't think you and I yeah. could pull that off. I don't just think so. I'm
2: like, what? <laughs> I started out simple. I, uh, I, uh, I was just going to wear like a clown wig today, right? But I forgot my fiance is terrified of clowns. And not just any clown, are. like Ronald McDonald. Like she's terrified of Ronald McDonald, which if I think about it, there, there's some things that are terrifying about him. Uh, yeah. So so even a clown wig like would not have worked. So, I had to take my butt to the costume store last night. I was good. I, I was looking for maybe an Elvis thing, and I was kind of because you know, Fat Elvis is kind of my go-to uh, on Halloween, uh, and I came across this butte. Well, you, I,
0: it, you know, it. I, I love it. I it's, think it's, it's great. fantastic.
7: That's that's
0: fantastic. <laughs> Speaking of clothes, you can shop at Gamecock Traditions, although I doubt you can buy that there. I don't know. Kevin, aren't you in here? Kevin in the chat room. Kevin, do you have a a Cougar Hunter costume at Gamecock Traditions?
2: Uh, And if you do, is it still in stock? Let's get some and give it to NIL in Carolina. Dick's uh, Cougar Hunter.
0: Dick's Wood Service, Cougar Hunter. Anyway.
2: Morning Wood Service. Morning Wood.
3: Oh, goodness. Oh,
2: 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. Is it uh 1 p.m. on weekends? Hey,
3: before we get too deep into this, congrats (laughs) to Xavier and his wife on the birth of their son. Oh,
2: Oh,
1: yeah, all done. done, Redirect, redirect.
7: Only you could make that transition from (laughs) morning wood to the birth of a child. Uh, That's that takes a
3: special skill. it. It's not that tough to make well, that transition. That's, that's the cool. job of Blank Man, you know. <laughs> Saving the world. Me. Yeah, he got me. What do you <laughs> got? You, where, oh, where's man. your uh, grocery cart, Blank Man? Uh,
7: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: Uh, I, I, mean, guess, I was. Hey, gonna I, my my Let's gut see, tells what? me.
0: <laughs> at the end of the at the end of the day, uh, Deanna's uh, Phil won't be wearing any of that costume except for the mask. <laughs>
3: Well, oh, I told you I had something uh, for Halloween and something for the show. Oh, <laughs> so,
5: <no>.
1: <laughs>
3: <laughs> I feel like there's some
2: assless chaps involved here. I do. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know about
3: all that. <laughs> hey, you know all chaps are no. <laughs>
2: yeah, everybody tells me that because I, I like just I just like saying the word assless chaps. Oh, that's good. It, yes, there's
0: Kevin. Because- Kevin says the key hunter costume is it, it's out of uh it's out of stock. But Kevin, do you have any assless Gamecock chaps available? Assless chaps.
2: Gamecock
3: traditions. That would be the audience prime Patrick Davis is coming on soon. And if they... oh, Yeah, he, well, we were
2: only allowed so many cuss words before yeah, Patrick Davis right. comes yeah. on.
0: He'll be all over this conversation. I mean, so. he, he, this is living in his world right here, man. All right. anyway. Twelve oh five. Well, uh, Mike, we'll, we've got the playoff rankings coming out tonight. Uh, we'll get to get to those here in just a little bit. Um, I did just see on Twitter, uh, and I think it was Chris Lowe that tweeted it, And anytime Chris Lowe tweets, it's true. Um, <laughs> it, it, he, he was referencing Dabo's little rant last night, and he said, I could be wrong. But there was once a time when Steve Spurrier was on a radio show in Florida. And somebody called in and said, you have no idea how difficult it is being a Gator fan living in Tallahassee back when Florida State was <laughs> beating his Gators. And, and he said, well, my man, it sounds like you need to move to Athens, Georgia <laughs> 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 in a way in which only Steve could do it. Um, oh Mike, man, Mike! Did you happen to catch the question and the response last night? Originally? I
7: did. Did you guys play it on the show, or, did, or have you just kind of touched we on it? We didn't.
0: We didn't. Yeah, I would play it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah.
7: I I think it's worth playing. Um, in fact, I wish I saw it earlier. Well, we didn't when JC and I recorded JC and Morgan it yesterday. Hadn't it, it hadn't happened yet, so we couldn't have done it. Um, but I can tell you if if, if we, we would have played it because I. Or, there's so much there uh, to unpack, as the uh, the kids like to say. Um, first off, I guarantee you there's about 100 coaches, even the ones that don't like Dabo, that are like, here, here. He basically lived out a fantasy that every coach wants to do on their call-in show but can't do on their call-in show. He lived out their fantasy for them. And I can tell you this, um, I hosted a lot of those shows those call-in coaches' shows. I got to do – we had Lou Holtz would come by. We would do a remote every Friday, and we would do – Lou would come on his golf cart after practice, and he would sit down with us for like a half hour over there on the uh, north end zone at williams Bryce. And then I hosted his show a couple of times. I filled in and hosted with Steve a couple of times, which was just awesome – the conversations we had during the breaks including one where he went to uh, let's just say my boss and said how come he's not calling our football games um, never forget oh. that oh. that was an awkward moment but um and and then Dave Odom and one one year of Darren horn and I can tell you the, the the shows are typically dreadful content they help pay the coaches salaries so we do them it's not good radio nine times out of ten. That was good radio. And what surprised me, for those that don't know, Sammy, so I mean, we had this situation a number of times where after a tough loss, uh let's just say Gamecock Harry from Honeyapath would call in and Gamecock Harry was gonna he he he'd been sitting on this uh blank burger for 48 hours, and he was ready to just unload and, and let all that, spew all that venom out. Well, we had people that were ready to go click in the moment that it kind of went that direction. And and I had no content control. Somebody back in the studio was instructed to cut the caller off if it got to that point. And, of course, we all have um, call screeners. And the call screener is supposed to kind of recognize you know, if it's somebody who's drunk or whatever. But if you really want to get on a show, I mean, a little tip from Uncle Mike, if you really want to get on a coach's show and get your message across, first off, when you call and the screener answers, never sound angry. Always sound respectful, almost like you're in a good mood. Hey, yeah, this is this is Bill from Honey Pat. Just Just wanted to talk to coach and, and uh, ask him a question, right? They'll let you on if you do that. They'll let you on if you do that. And then don't just go right in being obnoxious and sounding. Just kind of very calmly, go, Coach, appreciate you and everything. you do. So start off nice. Kill them with kindness. And then if you want to really get in the hard-nosed question, or in this case, commentary, you can get some in before they probably run you off. Okay? That's a tip. In this case, they gave this guy a blank check. They gave this guy five minutes to go on his personal diatribe with a coach that's won two national titles sitting there and listening to him question his salary, his attitude. He called him hockey and basically said that Dabo Sweeney is a fraction of what he used to be. He's a pile of crap, and we shouldn't be spending $11 million on him. That all went on the air. That does not happen. And I guarantee you somebody with the Clemson Radio Network is getting reamed as we speak. Someone is getting reamed as we speak. All
0: right, hold on. Hold on. Stop. Hold on just a second. Yeah. Hold on. Because there's a large fraction of people today that think that this was staged, much like what happened in 2011 when he went off on South Carolina. Your thoughts on that?
7: No. No, no, no. Okay. Nabo didn't want any part of this. I promise you. Um, Because, see, there's two ways of looking at this. You could say, "Well, well, Dabo got something. Well, Dabo could get that off his chest without letting a caller basically dress him down on live radio and bring for, like I said, bring his salary." No coach wants that because that's a very sensitive subject. You don't go yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no. This was not staged. That's a that's a ridiculous conspiracy theory <laughs> if that's out
0: look there. At, look at the chat box, Tyler. They told me to do it.
7: They told me to do it. Yeah,
2: exactly. Yeah, Tyler from Strarburg, he's he's in the chat box today. <laughs> told, Tyler that's from Starbucks.
7: That's good. Well played. Well played. So so basically, um Was it a game no fan? Is the question?
6: Nah. Nah,
7: Gamecock fans got their own stuff to worry about. They're not sitting there getting on hold for 20 minutes to talk to Dabo. I don't, I don't think that's it at all either. I don't know. I think you. This was...
2: you don't know how crazy people are. Bro. Well, no, they're crazy. They're... Some people are crazy, but I, 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 I get you. that would have
7: been an Oscar you. performance. Yeah, I, I believe that was a true Clemson fan. Look, I had a situation once. This is Dave Odom's last year. Dave was the master on this call and show, and we do it at like the Wild Wing Cafe. You know, Dave was the master of taking something that a, a car would be a little bit negative and he he just talk his way alphabet soup and before you knew it uh, that that particular car was back on the Dave Odom train like he was uh, you're right Dave you don't suck in fact I think you need a I think you need a contract extension. Um, but in this particular case somebody called up and I'll never forget this call. Because he called up and he said, "Dad, I just don't understand. Like, how, how often do we continually have to be mediocre and lose game after game in the SEC?" And da 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 da. And you're expecting, and, and first of all, you're expecting the car to get cut off. Well, he didn't get cut off. Mm-hmm. He let Dave give his spiel. Well, you know, you know. I mean, we're right there. Blah blah blah. blah. And day after two minutes, the car says he falls up. You never allow a caller a follow up question after one negative one. Most most screeners will not let that go through. Somebody was asleep at the wheel, or maybe somebody's like, I don't like Dave Odom, so let him go. And so he, the follow up was, well, Dave, basically nothing. What you said accounts to my point, which is that we are grossly grossly underachieving. We're not making any progress. Clearly, the program is on the doubt. You've been here for seven years. And you're having your worst years in years six and seven, and I just think it's time for a coaching change. That made air on Carolina calls, and I'm here to tell you, you Gamecock fans, you know this if you've been listening for a while. That type of stuff typically doesn't get on the air. It it, it gets cut off before you. He got on the air, and Dave looked at me, and I looked at Dave like, "That's your show, buddy. I I'm not here to, you know, I'm not here to throw you a lifeline." And Dave had no response and he was typic he was for the first time I'd ever seen it dave was rattled by that second question and it just it was like oh my goodness fast forward 2 weeks we're doing the show at the wild wing in harbison and dave is you know he's smiling and he's talking about all these positive things going on and i see rick henry who is a longtime news reporter a sports reporter for the nbc affiliate uh, he might be the longest I think he's the longest running in columbia, so rick when rick henley when rick henry when Rick Henry shows up to a coach's show, it ain't because they're doing a fluff piece, so I see him walk in with a camera, and I noticed it was already out there that Dave was about to get axed, and during a commercial break, I gave Dave the courtesy i said dave i don't know if you noticed this, but Rick Henry's here with a camera crew, and he goes, "Well, so what Mike?" and I was like, um." I think they might be here to ask you about your employment, I think is the way I put it. I didn't know what to say. Um, and Dave's like, you think so? I said, yeah, I, they're, they're not here to do a like a fluff piece on Devin Downey. And I said, I was looking out for Dave at this point. I said, you know, when we get done, there's a back door right there if you want to explore that. Because normally Dave would, you know, sit there and, hey, how's the sweet tea? All right. All right. Hey, how's the kids doing? You coming to the game? Dave saw the report, saw Rick, saw the camera guy, and went out the back door because he knew. But I mean, Rick might have gotten that one question. Do you do you have any comments on the fact that you've been relieved of your duties? And I honestly don't know if Dave knew or if Dave was in denial. or if, I don't know. But... He got out that back door and was not going to sit there and be, again, that's an embarrassing situation. Like, you want to talk about being fired in front of a bunch of people eating chicken wings on a Thursday night. So I remember that like it was yesterday. It was the most awkward moment on those shows. But anyway.
2: Dave uh, was great at filibustering, too. Oh,
7: absolutely.
2: Amazing like, press conference. <laughs> would have been a great
7: politician.
2: That that press conference he had after they because it was it was January, and it's like, okay, I'm not coming back, you know, I'm gonna coach out the season, but not coming back. And I remember that press conference, like it was like 57 minutes of an opening statement, yeah. And D- Dabo's kind of like that too, Dabo's similar to Dave Odom in that
7: way, you know? yeah. Kinda,
2: maybe he'll well, go to another school, like, yeah.
7: And, and, and to circle it back, you know, that was a little story time from Uncle Mike there. We got the – Phil, we got we got me with the, the kids in the fireplace. I always like that. It's a, it's a nice little touch. Um, the moral of the story is – there we go. There's me telling the kids about – the Dave Odom show, the Dabo Dude, Sweeney I, show. I love this.
0: I love this thing. You did so good with that, Bill. You did so good with that. The,
7: the girl on the left was, Mike, what was Ronaldo Bachman like? And why would you call him the plastic man? Tough question. Tough question. But, you know, we we handle them all. Um to, to circle it back to this the is like
0: Steve Martin in that Saturday Night Live Christmas skit, you remember what I'm talking about? Where he's no, to the kids next to the fireplace, and he wants. All if it was stuff. Steve
7: Martin, it was funny. I know that.
0: Oh, no, it's fantastic.
7: So, to circle it back to Dabo, my my original uh, point is that that doesn't that rarely happens where a guy gets that much in. Um, and secondly, Dabo clearly he, he's over it. Like he raised the bar. You know, I guarantee you what Dabo is thinking, kind of like what Steve was thinking at Florida. Uh, who the hell are you guys? Before I got here, yeah. like what what were you under Ken Hatfield, Tommy West, Tommy Bowden? Who the hell was Clemson football before I put you on the map? That's what Dabo Sweeney is really saying. If you read between the lines, I don't think we'll you think really you have, have to. What? Read that Devo far?
3: Says? No, I don't think either. I, but I, I'm pretty sure I can get it queued up here if you want to hear what Dabo's response to Tyler from Spartanburg is.
0: Yeah, and and I'll say and I'll say this. i know your mic is is kind of Phil gets like gets. Is that Twitter? Oh. Yeah, yep. it's, it's it, all over Twitter. It's yeah. it's
2: important yeah. to listen to everything he says too. Some yeah. like some bloggers just took what uh, like the state tweeted, like the tw- the quoted tweets. I made an article, but Dabo had a lot more to say. I mean, it was like a, it was, it was a, you got to get the proper context. So yeah, I'd, 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 play it Phil. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Let's
3: hear it. Let's see. I can't hear that. I can't hear that. No.
1: You can't yeah. hear it. Hold it's yeah. a no go. Let me turn it. But let me tell you something. Uh, no. We'll,
0: Phil, so we probably need to have no, the audio it. compressed is what we, yeah. did. we oh,
2: need well.
1: to produce the audio. Okay.
2: So, but he oh, went, yeah, he yeah. went it's on it's for a good five minutes, it, minutes it, and, and, it
1: didn't and then disagree with well. anything he said. What didn't make it
2: was after afterwards somebody called and was like, Hey, we love you. We hope you're here another fifth uh, you know, because he's like Debo at if somebody said, I got another fifteen years coaching in me, and he does. Uh, and, and they, he was like, they were like, well, we hope you're here another 15 years coach, you know, a, a level-headed individual. And he said, well, I hope I do coach another 15 years may not be here though.
7: Yeah. No, and they, I, like I said, he's over yeah. it. He, he's yeah. over it. Um, and I, uh, and I'm going to relate this back to what's going on with Gamecock football in a second. I, I actually listened a little bit to, uh, uh. A guy that JC and I has had on before, and who knows, might be a part of the chief app at some point. One Shane Matthews talking about Steve Spurrier and listening to Gator fans complain for an hour today, and some Gamecock fans will appreciate it because it, if it sounds familiar, it <laughs> it, it, it is familiar um and god only knows it, how toxic it would have been if forty one thirty nine was reversed the other way but it's still bad over there they don't like getting their ass kicked to to georgia lsu and florida state every year which could happen depending on the last few weeks but but shane and a guy named buddy martin who's like been covering that program for i don't know 50 years we're talking about spurrier in 2001 and in 2001 they set all kinds of offensive records that was the uh Correct me if I'm wrong, JC. I think I was a Rex Grossman team at quarterback.
1: Uh,
2: yeah, that was, uh, They came to. They played Carolina and blew them out. Uh, that was the 15, blackout 14, game. 70, the black
7: yeah, yeah, game. yeah. So they were loaded. They as many as Steve's teams were loaded on offense. This one was the most yeah. lethal. And yeah,
2: Gaffney, I think, was on that team. And yeah, whoever that punt returner was, they, yeah, they they were good. Lido Shepard, yeah.
7: those guys. Uh, Lido Shepard, a yeah, cornerback uh, and yeah. returner. Yeah, so. But they, but they had a champ, remember, it was because of 9-11, the Tennessee game was flipped from September to the end of the year. All they had to do, I say all they had to do, is beat Tennessee, which is what they normally did under Steve, and then go to the SEC championship game and win that, and then who knows after that. Well, they they got beaten down by Tennessee. Tennessee ran all over them. Uh, a few weeks later, I'm eating my, uh, my wings over there at Dees, uh, which used to be in Casey, South Carolina, and... Um, and I see on the crawl, Steve Spurrier qu- resigns from University of Florida. I'm like, what the hell just happened? He had enough. I mean, yes, he had the opportunity in the NFL, and that was always something that was he was curious. But really what did it, what pushed him over the edge, was game uh, Gator fans who, again, for 100 years, they didn't win a whole lot in Gainesville. And this guy brings you to unmatched levels of success, and all of a sudden, you know, ten wins isn't good enough. How do you? How dare you not win the SEC again? And so he finally, like, you know what? Screw y'all. <laughs> I don't care if I won a Heisman Trophy here. You want to act like that? See how you can do without me. He bolted. Ron Zook coached for three years. Was wasn't terrible, but was not Steve like. Actually, beat Georgia twice, and uh, and then you know the rest is history. That paved the way for Steve to come to Columbia. The point is, is that. That's where Dabo is. Dabo took Clemson. Clemson was mired in mediocrity for quite some time, and then all of a sudden, and and most coaches, if you lose to your in-state rival five years in a row, as he did to the Gamecocks, you get fired. I mean, there's no way, but the AD there stuck with him. He didn't listen to uh, the vocal minority, he kept them, and before you know it, they're winning two championships, and they're going to like a half a dozen playoffs. Well now, Dabo is at the same stage where Steve was after oh one one. It's like pff, screw you all. And so I always thought he would never leave for Alabama. He would never. He wouldn't leave for another college job. He would, NFL maybe, but why leave where you're? You know, the he's kind of got the formula cracked, and he didn't follow a legend. And I'm not so sure anymore. I I think he is a little bit over it, quite frankly.
2: Yeah, yeah I think yeah. that combined with college football in general. Uh, And I I don't know. I I, I think he said so much prior to all this mattering a whole lot more like the portal and an IL than I felt like uh, that. I think he anticipated because I think he thought, well, I would just keep right on being Clemson and be just fine. And you just can't do that. Even the big boys get the portal, Ohio state, Georgia, uh, you know, Alabama, they everybody gets in the portal. You have to. Uh, and he, if you ever do, if – you, you got to pay attention to them very carefully. He was asking about the NIL – the uh, asking about the portal, gosh, after the Duke game, and he said, well, you know, everybody talks about it, and, you know, but here's our plan at Clemson, and this plan has worked, and this is our plan, and we're sticking to it. he's like, if I go somewhere else, maybe I will feel differently. <laughs> no, everybody glossed over that comment. Mm-hmm. But but but, Dabo's very good at public messaging. You know that's where that's kind of what he is, mm-hmm. and 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 I think that you know if he reverses course at Clemson, uh, which he could have it could happen. Clemson could go all in, no pun intended, on a new staff and, and NIL and, and be right back up there. I, I think he'd feel hypocritical, but he's given himself enough of an out there to where if he went to Alabama and all of a sudden they're embracing the portal and, and, and all the stuff that he said he wasn't, I think that would lessen the blow. Uh, I, that's my theory on it. Uh, I don't know that he's leaving. I, I think he's got one of the best jobs in the country. I will say this. We're all Gamecocks, uh, at least three of the four of us here. that grew up in South Carolina. Phil and I grew up in the upstate. That bunch, they're the nicest bunch in the world, unless you're a Gamecock, first and foremost, if you go visit. But when they start losing, except for, you know, not, not to Carolina people, but to everybody else, they get a little toxic when things aren't going their way. Sure. I mean, there, there's been legendary, like, we're not taking this crap anymore type meetings and stuff that have led laid the foundation to and football. I mean, you know, I, I Tommy Bowden struggled with it. Tommy West struggled with it. Probably wasn't a great hire. Ken Hatfield, when he got fired, was just like, sh- they fired Ken Hatfield after he went eight and three. <laughs> and he, I remember the famous "Shame on you, yeah. Clemson," because uh, they, they didn't like him because he was kind of he wasn't anything like he wasn't like Danny Ford.
7: He um, wasn't he wasn't country enough.
2: Yeah, they fi- they fired Danny for different That wasn't the the football folks. That was the academic end. Uh, Pat was a, some kind of stupid power play, but, but man, they've just gotten, they have, they will cut you and they will turn on you. And, and that's, that's been the truth. Uh, well, I think it's a, the years.
7: I think it's a classic case too. Like Dabo wanted to get this off his chest for a while. This caller obviously paved the way. And, and this is Dabo reminding you, okay, y'all you think you can do better. Uh, you, you, you want to go back to the Tommy Bowden years? I'm going to give it to you on a silver platter. Every coach I've ever been around has a little bit of blank you in them. I don't care how nice they are in in, in public and how they say the right things at the podium. They all hear the criticism, and there's always a little bit of blank you. How dare you? Inside, call it ego, call it pride, call it whatever you will. And there's a little bit of that. And I guarantee you, your, your average Clemson fan, kind of like what we talk about with this fan base, there's always the fringe, et cetera, et cetera. Your average Clemson fan wants to deliver that message of Dabo, you're you're, you're getting too confident, you're losing your way, you're blah, blah blah And the moment they realize he could leave, well, wait a minute, now wait a minute, now. Look, I still love you. Just you know, just don't just don't dress slutty on Halloween. But but we're this this relationship still working. Um, just just stop flirting with the mechanic. In other words, the moment you're faced with the possibility of losing, uh, in this case, I'm, I'm making yeah. Dabo your wife. Yeah, that's true though. You're somewhat uh promiscuous yet yet overall sweetheart of a wife. The moment they're faced with that reality of possibly losing him, oh, I take it back. I take it back. I take it back. We we love you. We support you. You don't want any part of losing the guy that took you to a level that quite frankly Clemson football hadn't been. I don't think that's so so Dabo oh, knows yeah, he's yeah. got he's got some pull here. He he got some leverage for sure if if he doesn't want to um Yeah, if he doesn't want to be there and put up with it much longer,
2: Clemson during the Ford era was a lot like Tennessee during the Fulmer era, although it didn't last as long. Uh, So they were good and they were national championship winning program, but it only lasted nine, ten years. And other than that, you know, Clemson's not hadn't done much until Dabo. Uh, Yeah, and and this has been thirteen years of freaking excellence. So uh, I don't know, uh, but I mean. If you look at it from the, 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 the there are football reasons, failure to embrace the portal, failure to embrace NIL, recruiting mistakes, staff mistakes, all that. That I think I think some of those fans can point to, and and, and some of them are sharp as tax. Can I say them, one other thing on that? Some of them the can't spell corner? cat, but some of them are sharp <laughs> as tax.
7: Hey
0: guys, I, I hate to cut y'all short, but we got. I Patrick know, here. I know, Patrick. We got Pat, all right. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Let's talk some music, come on. Good right. Good news for everybody. Uh, I do have the Dabo audio, and uh, we'll play it at the top of the 1 o'clock hour. But when we return, uh, we'll be joined by the – we've got two golden tones here today, the golden tones of the great Mike Morgan and the golden tones of the great uh, Patrick Davis. I can't keep so up
7: with a singer now. We'll,
0: we'll just let those two uh, talk, and the rest of us will shut up. We'll be right back. Columbia and go Game Pops. Back inside the Gamecocks, the show very proudly built by our friends at thebarndominiumco.com, the BarndominiumCo.com, the Co. building your dream home in four states, the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee. Patrick Davis joining us now from Nashville. Are You are in Nashville. Are you in Nashville? Where are you?
8: I'm in the studio right now. I'm uh, yeah. we're working on uh, some stuff for the TV show I'd, I'm doing with PBS. So uh, I had to uh, come into the vocal booth in here and uh, make a makeshift uh, podcast uh, interview room. So yeah, how you doing, bud?
0: <laughs> do you uh, do you want us to sing? Or like, should we be? Are we going to be a part of this? Or... Well, I thought you guys
8: were doing like, do like a boys to men three part harmony thing to 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 take us out. So I'm ready for that. Whenever you guys want to start into the road. Basically, at the end of the show, that's what I was looking for.
2: Oh, I could do that.
8: Yeah, I, I figured J- JC. You look pretty. You look pretty phenomenal today. I'm, I'm I appreciate that.
2: you, man. That's <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Why, uh I, f- I feel pretty. I do. What <laughs> do you? Who do you
8: think he is, PD? I mean, just a cougar magnet. Uh, I mean, obviously, like he's he kind of looks like a mix between Morgan Wall, Fat Morgan Wallen, and uh, <laughs> maybe like uh, Chris Farley or something like that. I love it. Oh, wow. that's there, oh, there you go, Fat
0: Morgan. Fat, I like,
2: I like Morgan Wallen stuff, man. That's a compliment. That's a pretty cool, uh,
1: dude.
0: PD, do you see the um, the uh, the uh, the the logo on his shirt? His company
8: cougar hunter and then it says dick's Dick's,
2: uh, morning wood company
8: oh wow that's 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 good this is just a you know i think this is everything here is really pc today so that's you can get away with anything it's it's the equivalent of this you know the girls wearing the i don't know what the slutty school teacher outfits or whatever it's same thing you know it's just like no this is just my this this is what i wanted to wear today
1: yeah. Yeah. We we knew you were
2: coming on this so I had to cut out some of the you know little uh, dirty words I say because we're only we're limited to so many. So no, yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, not, I'm, not
8: cussing. I'm not cussing the whole time. I'm not cussing All cussing. right, okay.
2: Yeah, all right, we'll see. I'm playing right. I'm
8: dressed up as I'm dressed up as is non sailor mouth Patrick today. That's what's gonna happen. So nice, nice, nice. Yeah,
2: yeah. and,
8: and so you
0: got you got you got Phil down here dressed as uh
2: blank man.
8: Yeah, I mean, I didn't know what was going on there. I thought that was just his normal – I didn't know if that was just a normal thing or, like, he was spooky.
3: The mask is – Oh, I don't even know if the title works for the costume, but, yeah, no, yeah. This is how I, you know, typically dress on a – Yeah, on a Tuesday.
0: It's my Tuesday Tuesday outfit. Mm -hmm. The mask is normal for him. That's his – he wears that, you know, uh, when he – you know. When you should, when, when you what you know, when you you know, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean. You you the <laughs> just, just the
1: behind, mask, behind closed doors.
8: just the yeah, yeah. mask. Yeah. Is he wearing that? Is he wearing that because like he don't want anybody? To, you know, the Gamecocks have been so bad this year that we don't want to talk yeah. about it. Like, oh, like, he
0: wouldn't need to, to cut, cut the outside. eyes out for that. You right. need to cover no, the yeah. eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was I was honoring you today wearing one of my favorite brims, and and then they I we opened the camera, and there was uh, there was Mad Dog and Schubert with the. Uh, with their Halloween costumes. So yeah, just, I know. I was
8: hoping you were going to be dressed up, too. I forgot it was Halloween until I came on here and saw Fat Morgan Wallet.
0: Fat <laughs> <laughs> Morgan wallet. There you go. <laughs> it's
2: too funny. Oh, sorry. 90, 98, 98, 98 Braves, baby. Woo. Golly. Well, no John Rocker.
8: Uh, yeah. <laughs> John Rocker. Oh, Jesus, that looks like that's that's like a
0: normal john rocker that might be what john rocker looks like now who knows probably
2: so i would not be a bit
1: surprised <laughs> yeah
0: john rocker mm. was off of it well uh so you'll be in our neck of the woods on friday night i am i'm gonna be in charleston okay i'm looking forward to that it's
8: uh it'll be a nice uh i'm flying in and uh i, I look always love being back in south carolina but charleston's a you know pretty special spot so i uh and the in the uh Riviera theater is a pretty uh, incredible little venue downtown. I don't, I don't think a lot of people know about it. it. It's kind of still burgeoning, I guess, would be the way to say. It. But I, I like playing there, and it's—it um, it is a—it's a lovely. Uh, the marquee outside, being right on the
0: Meeting Street, you know, right in right in the thick of things, is really nice. So, uh, we when was when were you there last? Was that March when we were down there? Was that March? I think so,
8: March or April. I can't. I think maybe yeah. it was end of it was March because nice, yeah. we were up on the rooftop. Yeah, and actually, I know—is it freezing back down there where you guys are right now?
0: No, uh, well, not
3: right yet. It will be. It's a little chilly up here in the Upstate. Yeah, 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 yeah. it's probably yeah. Yeah.
8: Forty degrees in Nashville right now. I mean, it was it's twenty six for the low at night. It's it's like insane. But actually, on Friday, it's supposed to be like seventy degrees, so it should be pretty perfect. And uh, we do a nice uh, VIP hang on the uh, the rooftop. There is pretty incredible at uh at the Riviera. It looks right over over. So actually, um that's actually one of my favorite things about doing that show there is that you actually get to kind of experience it's like a rooftop bar and then you go into uh inside for the show.
0: So yeah, yeah. dude, it's awesome. Yeah. And last year I had three plates of appetizers with Coach Freegan.
8: Well that would be where all the appetizers went because we had to order more this time because they were like, listen, like some of the people were complaining that they didn't didn't get apps before the show and their VIP early. package. And I was like, well, that's because Jamie got there at 5.15, and uh, he ate all the apps before it was time. Are you guys coming I, to the show? JC, Phil, you guys going to come to the show?
2: I'm actually in, Chica- in Chicago yeah. this weekend. I, I'm, I'm in Chicago now. It's snowing, by the way. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> it's, my, it's my fifth Halloween in Chicago, and uh, this is where my fiance and I live, and then I'm in South Carolina a lot of the time, too, but uh, oh, okay. this is my fifth Halloween here, second time it snowed on Halloween, and... I never lived north of Nashville until I moved here in October of 2019, and it snowed. First thing it did was snow on Halloween, I was like, "Holy camole. Yeah, that's, uh, that's something else. But yeah, it's that's snowing actually, again today.
8: So. That's actually a good sign because I'm flying to Green Bay on uh, Saturday. I'm going up to see the uh, Packers and the Rams game, and I'm hoping. Uh
2: oh. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. supposed to dump. Uh, Green Bay gets a little different weather because it's a little further north. But uh, yeah, you, you got a good chance yeah. of that because the. The cold is here Ooh. to stay in the hardy Midwest. Nice.
0: Nice. Got some cheese curds and snow. Dude, you just reminded me just from looking at you in the screen that I never got my B.O.C. hat. So I'm literally ordering it right now. So pardon me. while well, I'm not I'm not not paying attention to you all. Hey, this
5: is mean. the does
0: the mean does the does the does the Garnet or the black one fit better?
8: They both fit their exact same hat. They're just different colors.
0: I, I you know, have a big I, head
8: though, right? You said
0: you're, 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 yeah, dude, like I did. Like I, I just you know, I texted you as soon as they released. I I My favorite thing about this.
8: My favorite thing about these hats is that I did this um, and knowing that because sometimes I have stuff that says big old cock on it and people like not from South Carolina uh, look at those who are wearing it strange. So I was like, well, this way you can kind of know it's like an in- you're inside the joke. Um, and I was in Maine playing a show uh, about a month ago and I had, you know, all the merch and everything out. And a, a few people that were there were Gamecock fans and they asked me to play big old cock. And I was like, ah, I was like, you know, crowd full of people from portland maine probably not wanting to hear this but they were like please and so i did it and explained the song as i played it and then i told everybody about the merch that was there and i said "And the great thing is it means big old cock but you can make it mean anything you want if someone asks you and one of the guys walked up to me and he goes man i'm gonna buy that hat And i actually sold out of hats there that night and he goes i'm wow. gonna buy that hat. And i said why and he goes well I love that it says Bill cock, but tomorrow my kid has a game, has a, has a football game at their school, and they go to a Christian school. And if anybody asks, I'm going to tell them it means blood of Christ. And I was like, you have just won the game, sir. You have won. Oh, that's that's you want to me? Yeah, so there you go. So it's huge in the Christian world. Like anybody out there that's looking for this one? This is – Wow.
0: Yeah, That's my – anybody that wants to buy this has, by the way, just go to PatrickDavisMusic.com. They're – killer, yes, killer yes. for your entire church Take. group and, and
2: crossover artist of the year man
0: and anybody <laughs> out there that's wondering at the end of the order form it asks you how'd you hear about patrick you tell him however you first you know probably because you listen to his music uh but it, when it says type in your favorite song do something that i do like i typed in hold my hand <laughs> yeah that's great that's great
8: <laughs> i'll be you can do one of those Freebird. You
0: know, whatever you like free bird <laughs> <laughs> favorite song
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, so look, man. I know you're going to play Carolina when I die on Friday night, but yep. when is the album coming out?
8: Well, the way that it works in today's world, I think I told you guys last time is like they you have to release so many singles in order for the the uh, streaming platforms. They just don't give it. Truth is, the streaming platforms. They're just selling, you know, Advertise. They need you to continuously be releasing music. And, they, and once you release an album, they won't give it any more love and like playlisting or anything like that. So essentially what you have to do is release singles for every six weeks or eight weeks until the album comes out. And you can release, let's say the album is 12 songs. They will allow you to release half of the album as singles before you have to release the album. So with Carolina When I Die being the name of the album, um, I don't want to release that song until the very last song. And um, that means that I am going to uh, release singles all the way up until April, March, April with Carolina When I Die will come out in March or April. The next song, uh, the next song, the next song that is a single is uh, is going to be L.O.V.E., which I haven't done before. And then, um, and the one that's out right now is Wrong Side of the Tracks with Branford Marcellus, which is, you know, pretty, pretty good feature to have on uh, have on uh, a recording. So, um, yeah, so it's coming, I promise. I promise.
0: So can you just send me um, all of those songs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. I, I just won't you. let anybody else you. listen to them because... I've literally I, made a whole
8: album just for you, basically.
0: Yeah, like, just give me the album. And then, so, like, I can preview it and at least, like, hype people up. You know, like yeah. like like how you send them to radio stations. Can't we just be a radio station? Until you guys April? are a radio station. Kind well, of. Yeah, you know. In I mean, you're way. one of our... Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, I'm like, uh, you know, just tease everybody every time we cut the mic on. Like, oh, guys, you don't understand this song. It's killer. You know, get everybody pissed so, off because they
2: can't listen to it. And then they. So you know, so that's, that's, it, it, that's interesting. Good ahead. Go ahead. That's, it's an interesting Go ahead, Jay, question about the business here. So Airplay, I know that's big in country music uh, still. And uh, is it? Is it still big uh, while, while you're dribbling out singles? Is that is it more of a. Because I know album sales are more of an a la carte thing, obviously with the streaming services and stuff. But what is uh, what's the strategy there? Because I mean, you know, you watch movies from the '80s or '90s, and uh, you know, it's all about airplay and, and all this other stuff. And kind of get give our audience kind of an idea of just how the music industry's uh, changed from like the the, the goals and, and strategy uh, once you get your songs produced, recorded, and get an album together. Because that's that's interesting. Because a lot of people may not realize that.
8: Uh, it's it's a good question. It's um, it, it's different depending on what your goals are, just like, you know, um, if you're trying to be uh, you, we talked about Morgan Wallen over here. Um, we talked about like, you know, if Darius, who's on country radio. Um, those guys are trying to run songs up the country radio chart and country radio is kind of i I guess pop radio and country music are the kind of the only places where real terrestrial radio matters anymore it it really just doesn't matter i mean like i i I don't know how else to say it 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 still matters in those places because you have a lot of people that are driving to work in the morning that still listen or you have a lot of people that just ask you know and especially country music it's it's a lot of people from areas that still radio is still kind of the only thing they have they don't even have you don't have Sirius or XM or they don't do streaming yet, maybe Um, not to the degree that they do in the larger cities like, you know, Chicago or, uh, you know, Charleston or Camden, South Carolina. Um, So, uh, no, it's um, and so that really is the focus when it comes to um, to the country genre and to uh, pop. I guess, pop radio, pop music. But for what I do, which is kind of like on the fringes of that, it's kind of like Americana singer songwriter stuff. Radio is completely irrelevant. It means nothing uh, because there isn't really an audience for radio uh, for those that type of music. So you kind of have to depend on the streaming platforms because most folks that uh, listen to that, you know, whether it be Jason Isbell or whether it be Amos Lee or, you know, I don't know, Tedeschi trucks, like those guys, they are not on the radio. So their music is found via streaming services, via podcast, via um, a lot, a lot of um, kind of word of mouth. Um, YouTube is a big, is a big uh, selling point for that. And you said you guys at the radio station, Jamie, you kind of are a lot of us um, in the, in the kind of niche world that, that I live in. Um, you know, I've written a lot of songs for the country guys, but my music isn't really that stuff. So um I kind of have to find my fans. They're out there, but you just have to be a little more um, particular with the way you, uh, you go about finding them because you know, it's, it's one thing to it's like McDonald's. It's like McDonald's sells a lot of hamburgers, which is what country music and pop music kind of is. Um, but it's, it's still shitty hamburgers.
1: <laughs> damn, <laughs> damn. I got say, one. Okay,
7: yeah, go Mike, ahead. go ahead. Hey, well, I was going to talk to you. The last time I saw <laughs> you was, Eddie's attic uh oh, man. so Haney crashed at it my place uh Michael was my pro- yes, he is <laughs> well, you know, I hired him years ago as a producer and then uh and now i still uh still forward by uh letting him crash at my house instead of buying a cheap motel um yeah but uh really enjoyed the show and and I wasn't you know that familiar. I'm not a huge music guy to begin with. I've learned a lot of it uh, just talking to Michael. But number one, when are you coming back to Eddie's Attic? Because I'd love to uh, check it out, or at least Atlanta somewhere.
1: Yeah.
7: And and two, the what Michael's explained to me is fascinating about the, the publishing rights aspect of it, the way it used to be and the way it is now. So, I mean, basically, there were a lot of people that were writing great music decades ago that weren't getting compensated the way they should for it. Well, now... Mm-hmm. You just write that one smash hit, and you are you're, you could be set for life, right? Like, it's it's really transformed over, over time, is it not?
8: Well, um, okay, first off, uh, I'm at Eddie's in two weeks, November 11th. Well, I Get think,
7: out I don't of don't town.
8: Know, you're, probably, you're probably calling a game somewhere. So
7: I um, am, but yeah. damn it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's
8: all right. That's okay. <laughs> I, 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 picked that, I picked that weekend. I, I had to pick a weekend, and, and South Carolina was, uh, I think we're um, – I don't know who we were even playing that week. It was like maybe Vandy. Yeah, yeah, it was a Mandy. game that didn't really matter. I didn't think it was going to matter, but now it's probably going to be a dog fight. So whatever, that's okay. We're not going to talk mm-hmm. about that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, that's the next time I'm there. And then uh, and as for the as for the business, when it comes to publishing, actually, there used to be a lot more money in songwriting than there now. In the early days, when you're talking about like you know the old blues guys or you know the Elvises of the world, they they really got screwed over when it came to what they um the way that the systems were, we've all heard the story of Colonel Parker, who was the manager who took 50% of everything. it. Right. So that was kind of normal. There they, they was just, people just never got their money. You know, if you ever watched that, uh, the chess records movie, you see the, uh, the guy is like paying them in like, he'll give them like a car, but that's because he actually owned the publishing. So he was making all the money from the songs and he kind of like, mm-hmm. you know, broken mirrors. Um, but then there was a time in the, in the when the Hootie boys, for example, were, were selling 30 million albums and the money was insane. Like the the amount of money you could make from writing one song, if you wrote one number one song, if, you know, even if the five of us wrote that song in the 90s or early 2000s, we might more than likely each one of us would make between a million and two million dollars each from that song. That's how Hmm. that's how much money there was. Then when CDs were twenty dollars, you remember that you get one good song on an album, you know, Um, Hmm. uh, nowadays, because of the streaming. Um, the money is just uh, that same song. If the five of us wrote that song now, we'd be lucky if each one of us made $100,000 from a number one song. Um, wow. like, it was just an incredibly huge, massive, massive hit. I mean, like, you know, top, top 10 in the world type of situation. If we just wrote a, a pop hit or a country hit, that's probably where it would be. And that really comes from, you know, it's got to be careful what you wish for. The, uh, the technology has allowed for so much, so much more uh, content to be out there done is um we get paid about 0.0003 cent for every time a song is streamed on spotify or apple music so for example if we um i have a friend that has written a bunch of massive massive songs like taylor swift songs and they um they had a they got a uh quarterly we get paid quarterly they got a statement and it was for a quarter they had 30 uh, million uh streams in that quarter and they got paid three hundred dollars oh what that will tell you the numbers. I mean, you know, it, it, maybe it was 3,000. It's irrelevant. I know it was, just, it was just a ridiculous number. And that's the world that we live in now. And technology always uh, beats uh, legislation. And if you look at the industrial revolution, this is like a history lesson. I'm sorry, I was history major. So but if you look at the industrial revolution, you know, those guys, those Carnegie's, those Vanderbilts, those guys, they all became super rich by like kind of doing things that were essentially illegal. Um, and then they 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 became so big that it was hard to stop it because the legislation was way behind, you know, they, they weren't even ready for, you know, whether it be railroads or or right, gas, whatever it was. Um, and that's kind of what happened in our world when the Googles and, uh, you know, the Apples and guys, they got so big so fast. But we're still trying to play catch up to make rules. And they're so powerful now that we're never going to get it straight. We're trying really hard. There's some great organizations that are attempting to make it to where we can make money. But my the way I look at it is uh, Dave Grohl said this in an interview. He's like, man, just play live. That really is the only mm-hmm. way to make money today. That's why every artist you've ever heard of is on tour all the time, year round from Chris Stapleton to you know to Patrick David I mean we all tour a lot more than we probably would have back in the day you know it used to be when Guns N' Roses was on the radio I always use this example but Led Zeppelin back they toured like 20 shows in in every three years because they had they were selling 50 million albums it didn't matter and now those album sales are gone so they have to make money in a different way and that's why the tickets are so expensive Um, they're trying to make the same amount of money uh, but just do it on the road versus
7: uh, the, I, I have one follow up. I'm sorry yep, on that. No, no. So you mentioned Stapleton. Sure. So I yep. took the wife as a birthday present to see Stapleton and Strait in Denver where the okay. Broncos play. So you're talking, I started doing the math in my head. <laughs> you're okay. talking, I the tickets were outrageously priced. The mo- most oh, yeah. I've ever spent on a ticket in my life. And there's about 60,000 people watching that show. So how much is old Stapleton and George pulling in on that one?
8: Um, My business manager is also Chris Stapleton's business manager. So I'm, I may have insight Ah. in that, but I I will not mention how much that is, but let's just say that they did write about Taylor Swift and they said that she was making about 15 to $20 million per show that she And those numbers are with 60 or 70,000 people there. And that's essentially what happens when you have these big Kenny Chesney shows or the Stapleton show, you know, it's just, it's kind of that type of situation. Um, and, and the reason that they're, they're pulling all that money, um, but like i said they're trying to make up for what used to happen the late because now the labels like if you sign a record deal uh the the labels used not to care at all about your touring money they did they do like that's your little you take your little money the, what they wanted was the rights to the album so whether you were like i said guns and roses or whether you were being you know, a blowfish or whoever it was back then you know they didn't care about the touring they were like that's just your little amount well now in the new deals all of the deals include touring they want that money because that's really the only real, real money that happens anymore. The um, everything else is kind of dried up. So it's just um, you know it's uh, it's 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 a, it's a very uh, it's a very different world than it used to be. Um, writing songs is still a lot of fun. I saw the writing on the wall about five or six years ago as a songwriter only, and decided that I was not just, I was not gonna um, just do the songwriting thing. I started my songwriters at Paradise event, which are I do in Napa and. Almost Cabo and all these really great places. Um, and I tour, I started the night choir, which is my big band, which he's called Eddie's Attica, I'm guessing. So that, you know, that's what's going to be in Charleston on Friday. I started doing all these other things as well as writing from time, even, even Morgan Wallen, you know, skinny Morgan Wallen, got a song um, from, uh, from you know, I get a lot of songs still recorded every now and then, but I kind of moved on from that a little bit. Um, I, the, we're in the studio right now, I was telling JB, I started a show, I've got a TV show coming out next year with um, American Public Television and PBS and SDTV uh, called Southern Writers with Patrick Davis. And all of that is kind of because I saw the writing on the wall where the money was drying up. Now, it doesn't mean you still can't make decent money writing songs, but, man, it's it's a lot harder than it used to be. used to be able to get mm-hmm. one song and all of us would just retire. And that's just mm-hmm. not the way it is anymore.
0: Well, I mean, it, it – it, Correct me if I'm wrong here, my man, but it's uh, very indicative of like you see so many more uh, songwriters who are performing their own songs these days, as opposed to what you used to see uh, back in the yes. day. You used to, every song essentially was written by somebody else. Now, especially at least in country music, you, you check out who wrote what they're singing; it was them. Um, they, oh, now, released- well, and that's and that's really because that and that's because the money has
8: dried up so much. Right. that the uh, the songwriters want to, or the artists want to make sure that they get a little piece of that pie as well. That's where that comes from. It doesn't mean like, you know, I know you love Eric Church. Eric Church is a phenomenal songwriter. Um, Chris Stapleton, one of the most insane songwriters in all of songwriting history, probably. Um, and there's there's a lot of guys like that, uh, that you know, would do it regardless. But there's probably, you know, in, in, for most pop and country music, I'd say at least half those guys that are writing those songs, they're only writing them, because they're being told they have to, because they they need to get these deals. They they get they get paid to write a certain amount of songs. And that used not to be the case. Um yeah, money dries up, man. It's like it's it's, it's like Clemson, you know, like the money from New Spring, it drew it 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 went away and now they suck. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
0: I, hey, well, I didn't do that. It, it, Come on, guys.
8: That was great. That was a good it, one. Come on. Well
0: done. I mean, very <laughs> smooth in the whole nine yards. Yeah, I, it's, uh, I'm it's, kidding. I don't have any information. Those right. guys you just mentioned, a lot of people don't realize that Chief and Stapleton and that. If you, a lot of like, if those aren't your favorite artists and you're listening to other artists and you, if you actually look at who wrote some of their songs, it was those guys. Most people think the yeah. songwriter is some discreet dude in some little room you've never heard of. A lot of times it's Eric Church, Chris Stapleton, and yeah, yeah. For you know, sure. Just, yeah, there's
8: there's a you know, but it's a yeah, it's an interesting time in the music business. And I, I'm, I'm hopeful for what happens. Um, It's great for those of us that are on the fringes. It's um, it's you know, it's 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 nice um to have all these outlets that allow for us to get our music out there without it just having to be on the radio. That used not to be the case, but there's just a lot more noise. I mean, there's just a lot more out there. Um Everybody has the ability now to put their song. If the four of you guys want to start a voice to men cover band, you can put a song on um, on Spotify tomorrow. You know that's how that's it used to be. Some gatekeepers now. it's not quite that way, so
0: it's a little different.
1: Yeah, uh, I it. put this
0: pic. I put all this right, boys. Let's me. go. <laughs> uh, I put that picture up in honor of you because I know you just went over your I've one year anniversary Aww. of being married. That was from your wedding. That is. And, y'all look so good. Uh, so that because I don't have you talked to Ralph the whole time, so I you should have a picture of you and Ralph. I I do have pictures of Ralph and I. Yeah, <laughs> and, he, and he lives right down the street from my cousin, so I need to go like say hello to him. Last time I saw him was at your concert. He's like, come over and watch football with me. Yeah, he'll he'll be
8: there. He'll be there on Saturday on uh, Friday night. He right. will.
0: They doing okay? How's he doing? How's his knee doing? His legs. You know,
8: he's he's still like you know he's he's Ralph. He's kind of he's he's gonna be fine. He's gonna he'll talk football. He don't he don't need legs to talk football.
0: Yeah. I can't wait to hear his thoughts on the our two and six Gamecocks.
8: What are y'all's what are your, thoughts on? It? I, I just tuned in. Like, what do you what do you think of this the rest of the month, guys? Or this this oh. month coming up me? I mean. I, th-
0: I think they should try to score more than the other team for the next four games.
7: <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Remember, <laughs> oh, Patrick? Man. Anybody in your band know how to block?
8: Oh man, it's been <laughs> yeah. depressing watching. It I would was, really be I helpful. Feel, I feel really bad for for Shay. I mean, like yeah, all those injuries. I mean, I don't think we. You know, I, I'm not saying we would have been world beaters regardless, but we might have won two more games if we had a, you know, I mean, man, it's pretty rough to watch. I feel bad yeah. for Spencer Rattler. I actually was wondering, I was like, you think Spencer will actually like stop? Like, just be like, I'm out. I guess he's getting paid. So I guess he won't. I don't know. Like, I'm just, it's a question. I don't, I
1: don't Se- know. Answer, seven
7: but- figures getting paid. He, that's, that's, yeah. he, he got the good publishing deal.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, he's, yeah.
8: <laughs> so I guess, I guess he has to. I guess he has to. Then I probably, probably, there's probably gotta be some clause where if he sits out, he loses money. Right.
7: I would hope I so. Plus, I don't, I don't think, think he's the kind of kid that would quit. Yeah, he's not a
2: he's no, not that no, type no. of kid. I think at yeah. least through the regular. I mean, if they make it to a bowl, I it gets choppy then because uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't blame him. Opt I out blame for him the bowl, bowl, but uh, uh, through Clemson, I think. I mean, he, unless he gets hurt, I think he, he's in. He uh, and those deals you can't because uh, I'm, I'm in that world. Uh, you can't say. Uh, it's hard to believe this you, you is can, the leader
0: of Nil at South Carolina isn't it that Morgan wallen this is our guy. Hey, that's, <laughs> a, that's a that's a,
2: that's a <laughs> P-H-A-T,
8: Morgan Wallen was what
2: I that's hey, that's a, that's a <laughs> fundraiser and a half man uh, you know who wouldn't wanna who want be in charge of people's money right but uh <laughs> no I mean it, you can't put in there like you know you, pay, you can't put in there like if you don't play you don't get paid. Now oh. you could require them to be like in good standing like academically and, and to be enrolled, you know, go to school, don't get in trouble. Don't you can tie it to like personal behavior. Yeah, yeah. Like you can't get arrested, just like mm-hmm. any other, you know, uh endorsement contract, mm-hmm. your standard endorsement mm-hmm. contract. But you can't tie it to like, ah, if you don't play in the game, you don't get it again. So, oh, you wow. know, that, yeah, that's that's the weird the weird part about this whole thing is it's totally set up. Uh, f- to favor the student athlete. I mean, you know, you could you could technically have – I mean, South Carolina does have a guy that recently is off the team, and, you know, he's already gotten, you know, be- benefited from being on the team, so to speak. Yeah, so yeah. it's – NIL is very interesting. But Spencer, Spencer's the last person I think you got to worry about that. I mean, he's – and the NFL guys like the fact that he's on a quote-unquote bad team with a bad offensive line right now because of how he's performing and overcoming because – they say, well, chances are, if he's starting for us as a rookie, we're probably not very good, and yeah, so yeah, yeah. we like a guy that can go in there and overperform. So that, that I do, that's I do like is. when I,
8: I watched I watched Spencer play. I do notice um, he seems to me like I, to be the caliber of player, especially behind that offensive line that that an NFL team would actually really, really like to have. I mean, I don't know if he's a starter or if he's a backup, but I, I bet he gets a shot at somewhere. I mean, like he's he's got an NFL arm, and I mean. I will say he's been really um, – it looks like he's still positive on the sidelines. He's not like – he's not showing his ass or anything. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not saying he would. I'm just saying, like, he's not that guy. He didn't yeah. seem to be that guy, which has got to be hard to do when you're out there getting creamed every other way. you running, <laughs>
0: running around for your life.
2: Yeah. And his ability to read defenses now is, like, a lot more advanced than it was running Lincoln Riley's offense. I think – uh, all the crap they had him do last year. And then this is a scaled back pro style offense. In it it, It's easy to, it's easy to learn in other words, but it's one of those things where it, it's, you know, the, the reads are still the same. You still have to, you know, it's not, hey, throw it, throw a slant this play period or, or a slant or die. He's got three different, pro- he's going through his progressions well. And stuff uh, didn't play all that well at A&M, but I mean, heck, what more do you – I mean, you know, you can't ask that guy to go out there behind that line and (laughs) do much better
1: against those guys.
8: I think we, us Gamecocks just have to remember that, you know, when Spurrier came in, of course it was glory days for, you know, a few years, but it took five or six years for us to be – to be anything. That's a, that's a hard thing for us to remember because we just want to get back there and and we and I might say we weren't quite oh and twenty one or oh you know or whatever that was there for when I was in school but um but it's been some lean years. So uh I think we gotta I got I I've been saying 26 and 27 are going to be awesome.
0: Well uh quick plug for PD as well not only will we be in Charleston this Friday but the night before Clemson Carolina once again and one of the great events of the year, the Toys for Tots uh, show in the Vista. I think this is what is this your fifth year or sixth year?
8: Uh, this is the seventh year we've done it, seven year it's in a, a row. It's, it's one of my favorite nights year.
0: of the year, man. Yeah, it's Toys for yeah. Tots.
8: We everybody brings right. the toys out yeah. and uh, the Midnight Choir show and a bunch of special Michael Haney. I'm I'm getting Haney up to play a song, and um, yeah. and it's a, it's a really great uh, great evening. Oh, can I guess and, uh, which song
0: it's going to be? Which song will it be for Haney? Yeah, I don't
8: know, he hadn't told me yet. What song do you will want be to
0: born be born to Crow?
8: You bet. Oh, I maybe maybe to maybe. Carolina. Probably. yeah, maybe. I mean, I'm. You know it's gonna be if we go undefeated up into the Clemson game. I think it'll be be a lot easier to play some of them Gamecocks (laughs) songs. It's kind of it's kind of it's kind of a little sad when you're playing big old Cocky we're two and six. You know what I'm saying? So like even on even on even on Friday in Charleston, I'll probably be like, hey guys, listen, we all know we love the Gamecocks, but we don't need to do this tonight. You know what I'm saying? Like that kind.
0: Yeah. No, you'll play it. You'll play it once. I know you will. I'll do it. Can't get away with it. Um, Yeah. I I also wanted to ask you quick because I don't think we've had you on the air since um, since this happened. But the first game of the year, we were up in Charlotte and mm-hmm. uh, found out that morning during uh, college game day that Jimmy Buffett passed. You've oh, written yeah. songs that Jimmy Buffett has recorded, uh, amongst many Alabama and Darius and Morgan Wall mm-hmm. and that, so many other people over time. Did you ever get to spend much time around Jimmy? And I and I want to say this too because you you um, you sent out the perfect I think it was tweet or Instagram or something after he passed and i and i was telling some people that that night i said patrick davis said it perfectly he brought so much joy to the world talking mm-hmm. about jimmy buffett i uh, just want to get your thoughts as a as a singer songwriter much like jimmy he paved his own way you've paved your own way in your own kind of niche of a a genre yeah. so some similarities there
8: with jimmy yeah i was i was lucky enough to be around jimmy a, a, a good amount over the past like maybe uh i don't know five six seven years um he's a very very nice very nice man and and he was he just he did bring uh so much joy into the into the world you know um it, not just through his music but just through his spirit like i mean i would follow him on instagram and it was exhausting he was 70 years old and he is his schedule would make an 18 year old like like worried about what they have to do for the day it was just insane he'd be like he'd be surfing in the morning then he'd get on his plane because he flew and he'd go to the next place and then he'd go have lunch somewhere and then he and they, all these were on instagram then he'd play a show that night and be up the next morning surfing again and you know um but yeah it, it really hit it hit me a little harder than i thought i was i didn't grow up a huge jimmy buffett fan i, I mean i grew up on my dad's music you know the Allman brothers and zeppelin and i don't know clapton you know um so uh, but I did when when I met Jimmy and realized how kind he was. And, of course, you know, recorded songs, all that kind of stuff. That was all wonderful. Um, uh, But I when he passed away, it kind of I'd known he'd been sick. for We'd all those of us that kind of we'd known for about four or five years that he had kind of gone up, uh, back and forth with uh, the melanoma uh, deal. Um, but uh, I'd heard maybe a few months ago that he was having to go to uh, some uh, stuff in Houston at one of the big uh hospitals there. And when you hear that, you're kind of like, that's not good. Um, so uh, when I found out he passed away, it was about two in the morning. Um, I got a got a message and I was like and he had passed away earlier that day. But I got the message from some friends and and I just it kind of hit me. I didn't go to sleep that night Um, uh, the rest of the night. And it was interesting because I didn't realize it. But there's so many moments in my life, and I believe in so many of us, especially, especially as Southerners, you know, that grew up down there, where Jimmy Buffett's music was kind of like uh, the soundtrack behind these, you know, whether it be game day, or whether it be when we were kids at the beach, or whether it be a wedding, you know, at Margaritaville, or changes in latitude, or when the volcano blows, I don't know, so many things, and I, I didn't realize it until that happened, and I think that that's why you saw so much love from so many people once he passed away and not just the fans. I mean, you know, Paul McCartney talked about going over and and seeing him and actually playing for him as he was in hospice basically, you know, and it's, it's for hours, you know, and that that's really says something about, about the man, uh, not just the music. And um, I think when we all leave, this world in whatever, whatever genre of work or we do, whether it be music or what you guys do with, uh, you know, with the entertainment, which is what y'all are entertainers. um, We hope that we leave the world a little better than we found it. And, um, and, and Jimmy definitely did that and, and, you know, really won the game. Um, I hate that he, I hate that he's not here. It's, it's sadder place without him, but, but uh, leaving a legacy like that is, is, is pretty hard to beat.
0: It's about as good, good goals right there. Right, no question. Uh, he is, he was, uh, he was phenomenal. And I think you well put there how many moments you don't realize you spend with these people in your life and then they're gone. And then, it- I like, realized too. that I said, I said,
8: man, I said, Jimmy Buffett passed away. I mean, people are going to be, they, they're going to have me on suicide watch when like Mick Jagger and Keith Richards go like, it's like, I'm like, I'm like damn. I mean, it's just, there's so many people out there that yeah. are getting to that level. And you're like, you're like, you're getting older, you know, and you're just like, oh, shit. Keith man, Richards like, will you?
2: never, ever die, dude. <laughs>
8: <laughs> Willie. He's never gonna die. like, I love it, that. It, it'll be well,
2: Willie Nelson, especially. I, a buddy went to see Willie Nelson the other night. He's 92. Mm-hmm. Just kicking it. 90. No, yeah, he, he, he actually, I love that quote. It says, I think
8: that the the kids of today need to think about what kind of world they're going to leave for me and Keith Richards.
1: <laughs>
8: <laughs> That's awesome. But hey, thank you guys for having me. I know y'all got, I know y'all, got, I'm sorry. Ah. Everybody out there, I'm sorry if we didn't talk enough about sports and we talked about music.
0: Ah, this. it's I'm all great. I, I really appreciate a... it. I, you you uh, guys are very kind to have me. Friday I, night. I, I, uh you can head to go ahead mike go
7: ahead i was gonna say uh, I, I might be if that's a night show i'm assuming it is in, in yes. atlanta might yeah. be i'll actually make that one work so
8: oh, sure. where are you what, what uh what game are you calling
7: well I'm, I'm in athens i've actually got a game uh friday night in athens uh okay. so the wife and i are <clears throat> gonna head back saturday but saturday night well, could be open
8: yeah yeah well, we'll uh yeah me a message uh and i'll uh i'll i'll get you on the uh i'll get you on the list i'll i'll make you you'll be the mc for the show you'll decide oh no, gosh like, hey, everybody, everybody. <laughs> I'm, kidding, I'm kidding i'm kidding you, you don't know. want
7: that
0: uh, no i'm the golden tone
7: i've done it before yeah. uh but oh, not, for, not for not for musical acts no, uh, yeah
0: you, kidding, want the, you want the you want the golden to- hey um do y'all have any uh vip tables available on friday night or are those all sold out yeah yeah we got we
8: got we got those we got about uh i think we got maybe like uh three or four of them left so if you guys want to Come out uh on on Friday in, in Charleston. It's it, like I said, perfect weather, great venue, Midnight Choir. I, if if you're kind, I, maybe I'll play Big O'Cock, Cock. I don't know, or Blood of Christ. Either way, but you guys want to hear?
0: And if, and if you don't uh want a VIP table, there are tickets uh, uh, still regular available tickets too. Yeah. For yeah, you don't have to dollars, which is a steal. Holy, it's cow. a steal.
8: I mean, like, listen, it's you a know, great Most show. most tickets. If you go see. You know, Phat Morgan Wallen. It's like four hundred dollars a ticket. So there you go. So, <laughs> and you're gonna be you're gonna be up in the fleet, up on those like way up there. You know, you're not gonna see anything. You'll be up close and personal. And Jamie's gonna be
0: there. So what else could you need? Uh, don't tell people that Boom. they won't. Sh- they won't show. Uh, we're i are gonna put him up I... really
8: close to the stage so he can see because he can't see other people. Well,
0: that's that's exactly right. <laughs> I've always, you've always been so kind to do that to me for however long, 10 years or whatever. It's been. Um, oh, but man, uh, thank you guys. anybody who's never been and they looking for something to do on a Friday night, I can assure you, and I mean this wholeheartedly, I've said this a thousand times, you know what I'm going to say. It is a, one of the coolest shows. It is very different. You're not going to go in there and get your head blown off by a bunch of drums and crazy guitars and people screaming and, you know, punching each other in the pit and stuff like that. This is, this is a neat show. Uh, and uh, you'll you'll be singing at the end of the night. You'll feel really good about yourself. Oh, so right. uh, what, buy the VIP the tickets, so so you can go eat some of the uh, some of the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, but and you got to get there early though. Frieden.
8: Get there early because Jamie has already said that he's getting there early and going to start eating. very Well,
0: early. no. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to stand there with Coach Fregin. So whenever he wants more, I won't feel bad about eating more. So somebody going to say something Coach Friesen? No.
8: No. And you'll just be no, able to just, go get it for yeah. him because he's had trouble walking. you would be like, hey, I'm just getting this Bingo. for Coach. And you can lie the whole time and be like, man, you've got exactly. six plates for Coach Friesen. You're like, well.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. But,
8: all right, guys. Thank you all, man. I'm going to get hey, back man.
1: to the
0: studio. Yep. Right. We'll see you in a few days. Thanks. I really appreciate it. Bye, you guys. You got happy it. Halloween. See you, buddy. Patrick, happy <laughs> Halloween. Patrick Davis. PatrickDavis, PatrickDavisMusic.com for tickets. Uh, I did see somebody earlier asked about – vinyl. Uh, he does have vinyl. You can go to his website and order it and he actually, he'll sign it and uh, send it to you. It's pretty neat. Alright, uh, so clearly we're 12 minutes past due for a break. Uh, we are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. We cannot thank Michelle enough and cannot thank uh, Hane,
7: Yeah, my man Hane Painter. He Hain wins Painter. the Fab Five Challenge and then he buys an electric bike from Charleston and, and uh, let us know about it on JC and Morgan. So Hane's living the good life in more ways than one. Eating I mean, a Fiesta awesome. pack and riding his electric bike.
0: <laughs> oh, well. that's what more do you need in stuff. life come on it's fantastic uh it's awesome we know so many of you have bought from them and we appreciate that but hayne told us he bought so we gave him a shout out on the show all right um, when we return we've got the Dabo audio we can play it and then also the college football playoff rankings come out tonight interested to hear mike's thoughts on that that's why he's here it is the power hour presented by our friend brian spencer and palmetto medicare hang tight we'll be right back Hey folks, it's JB, and as we all know, it's football season. My favorite place to shop for myself and the family is Gamecock Traditions in Lexington. They have the widest selection of Gamecock's attire, plus all the cool accessories for tailgating, cooking, kids, shoes, hats, and so much more. Most importantly for me, you can order online at GamecockTraditions.com, and it's shipped timely to your door. I've been shopping here for years, and I hope you will too. Order online right now on the Chief Sports app. Go Game Tops
8: If you're on Medicare currently or approaching eligibility, it's time to enroll in a Medicare plan that meets your needs. Palmetto Medicare is here to help you through the process. Palmetto Medicare's owner, Brian Spencer, and his team of experts are here to assist you. Learn about the benefits and enroll in a plan that will cover as many of your medical costs as possible. Some of the advantages of Medicare health plans may include variety of plan choices, increased benefits, lower premiums, and more. Give Palmetto Medicare a call to discuss your insurance and help get the exact coverage for your needs today.
0: Nana's Porch nanasporch.com at Nana's Porch they cater weddings parties and all kinds of special events their meals are served buffet style in seconds they're encouraged plus they can bring their mobile food unit to bring on site and serve your guests as a unique alternative for your catering needs inquire about rentals as well nanasporch.com find them on Facebook Twitter and Instagram 336-259-259
1: 7550
5: South Carolinians this message is for you as well as for people in Georgia, Florida and Tennessee. ga.com schedule a no hassle free inspection today wind damage hail damage or just wear and tear don't settle for second best let jeremy johnson and elite roofing and restoration take care of it all for you today
0: The uh singer, songwriter that calling on, on our show, Patrick Davis. At least that's what I told him when I bought my hat. Hold my hand is my favorite song by Patrick Davis. You think you'll like that or not? What do you think, Mad <laughs> Dog?
3: I don't know. That might fall flat. <laughs> well, I mean he's
0: I don't I never he's the the dude has given me everything for ten years or more. I don't even know how long we've been friends. Longer now, mm. I've never paid for anything ever. The least I could do is <laughs> buy a hat. So, I this yeah. is my first opportunity to really screw around with it when it says, Well, what you know, what is your favorite song? Hold my hand. <laughs> 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 oh man, you know, I mean, you <laughs> yeah, know, it's just, I, I don't know, I don't even know who you are. I'm just buying the hat because it says big old cock. That's the reason I yeah. bought it. <laughs> well, you know, yeah, who knows what it even means, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, he's one of the coolest dudes out there. All right. He, uh, uh when yeah. I,
7: when I went to see him and this is, gosh, we're going back a ways. This was back in about 2017 when I saw him at Eddie's attic is like a, it's just a classic dive concert bar in Atlanta. Yeah. And, uh, Haney tipped me off and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm free. Let's do it. So went there with a girl I was dating at the time and we we walk by this car with the window open, you got two dogs hanging out of it. That was Patrick's. And I, I, we didn't have time to ask him, but those were Patrick's dogs. Him and his is he married or is just girlfriend? I don't know.
0: Just got uh, married last year.
7: Okay, when so was I don't want to. What's that?
0: How long ago was this? Twenty seventeen.
7: He had, I don't know if it's the same woman or not. I don't want to get anybody in trouble, but I think he had anyway. just
0: started dating Lauren.
7: Okay. Well, they the two dogs were everybody loved just saying hello to these dogs just peeking out the window of their car. And I found out it was it was Patrick's car and and him and his uh lady friend's dogs. So, but it was it was an outstanding show. Yeah. You absolutely. know, I I I've I've been fortunate and I'm not a huge music i nothing like you guys are, but um you know, to to see some of the shows that I've seen here the last couple of years, I didn't even mention um Red Clay Strays, you familiar with them?
0: Sure.
1: Yeah, sure they is.
7: were just saw them in Atlanta. Yeah, my wife, loves um, them. Yeah, yeah, my, really wife my wife's a huge fan. We went over to um Buckhead Theater and saw them. It was a great show. Uh, obviously Stapleton. This is not even necessarily my genre. I mean, when I was growing up, I was listening to hip hop. I wasn't listening to a whole lot of country music, but but talent is talent. I've always said this. Like I I appreciate talent whether it's stand-up comedy, whether it's music, whether it's you name it, uh, all of a sudden I don't fall into one specific genre and say, oh, well, I'm not open to anything else. I recognize what's good, and these are like just talented, talented people, and obviously Patrick is one of those as well.
0: Super talented. Um, he's an entrepreneur. Uh, you know, He's found multiple ways over his career to, to make money, earn money. And uh, he's found his perfect niche. It's it's really just a killer show. Everybody knows him through the Gamecock stuff, but you would be stunned at some of the f- songs he's written. He oh, I heard no it all. That he's done.
7: yeah, he didn't play any Gamecock stuff on the show I went to. Probably it was, not. No, I mean yeah, in Atlanta, yeah. you know, these weren't like Gamecock fans. These were just people that liked his music, mm. and he he rocked it. He absolutely yeah, he crushed
0: one of my favorite songs out there is where I'm from he wrote that song Jason Michael Carroll recorded that song but Patrick plays it at all of his shows um, we will get to uh, in just a little bit we'll get to the playoff uh, rankings uh, I do want to remind everybody about our friends at Gamecock traditions as I mentioned earlier I was joking about some of the costumes but uh, with what are, uh, we do have a, a big weekend coming up with Carolina football and aside from the record there's a lot of people who will be taking their families this is a great game for kids to go to. There's always a game like this every single year. It's a great time to take them and go get them souped up and shop for it at Gamecock Traditions, GamecockTraditions.com. If you want to order it and have it dropped off on your doorstep in Lexington, cannot thank Scott and Kevin and them enough. They're really actually wonderful to work with. They, You have no idea, Mike does, uh, how difficult clients can be sometimes to work with. Uh, it ain't like that with with these guys, man. They um they they are wonderful to work with. Can't thank them enough, and they've been outfitting me for years. So glad to work with them, and hope that you and your families can get in there and uh, get dressed up from head to toe in the Gamecocks gear. Thanks to our friends at Gamecock Traditions.
7: Someone who is difficult is Brian Spencer. He's a, a royal pain in the ass, but we love him because people that do good business are are still. Uh, he won't be a pain in the ass for you, just just for me, but it, he's actually outstanding in all seriousness. I keep seeing these Martha commercials for a uh, call like an 800 number for something as delicate as your Medicare coverage. Um, again, if you're looking out for yourself or a loved one, I know a lot of people listening are not quite at that age, but you know somebody could be a, a parent or grandparent, a, an uncle, whatever that is. Uh, make sure that you're looking out for them as well. Give Brian a call. He's been doing this for South Carolinians since 05. It's free to ask. I mean, it's this it doesn't cost anything. Like plans change every year, your coverage changes every year, whether you want it or, like so many other things in this country, things change whether you want them to or not a certain way. Uh, so you might all of a sudden be paying a lot more money and getting less prescription plans, overall premiums. Uh, it it doesn't cost anything to talk to Brian or to meet one-on-one with Brian, and the reason he's been doing this so successfully for 15 years is that he gets results, and he's great working with the people that uh, are in this situation. So uh, give him a phone call, 803-960-9484. Go to the website, palmetto-medicare.com. Can't think of a better time to do this, and certainly not a better person to do this, don't just go, you know, Google searching online for somebody. Go with somebody who's proven and has been doing terrific work in the state of South Carolina for fifteen years. That's Brian Spencer of Palmetto Medicare.
3: Well, yeah. Brian, I almost used him as a background, but it scared the crap out of me so much. I decided to go with something a little less in case the kids were watching.
7: Today. That's a good move.
3: Yeah, I I, you know, saying. I'm so blinded
7: by that that studly guy in the on the left box there. Wearing a suit, I mean,
3: I know, my goodness, right?
7: that's a, that's a good-looking man right there. I say that I with I a staunch record a of heterosexuality.
0: Yeah, I guess I can take that down. I wasn't even paying attention. That was it's just an – I guess Patrick <laughs> just,
1: That was that – was,
0: that's not far from where you are, Mike. That's in North Georgia up at uh, the uh, Macklemore Club. you ever been to Very the Macklemore nice. Club? Okay. Have you, have you ever been up there? No,
7: I've not been. I'm familiar uh, with it. I know, I know the part weekend, of Georgia – yeah,
0: if you ever get a weekend, uh, you and Summer go go up there. You can play golf there. Pass, Ed Patrick will be able to give it. He, he plays a lot of private shows and stuff there too. Um, we this is going to sound kind of bizarre. Carrie and I stayed in a yurt. And it's what's like,
7: a yurt? Is that a ute?
0: It it no like a like one Yute. of those. It, it's like a circular it's like, like a a tent tent kind of, but it's it's not a tent. It's a it looks like a tent, but it's actually you know there's heat and. A fireplace, a kitchen. I mean, it's a it's a it's a condo on top of a mountain inside of a tent. That's what it is. Isn't it that- oh, okay. like Mongolian?
3: Isn't that where it comes from? Um
0: I think so. Um and Mike, there's a state park up there and it has escaped me the name of it, but I'm sure I'll remember it as soon as we go off the air.
7: We'll and tackle it, that then.
0: It is the neatest we, we we hiked the whole thing. Waterfalls, these big mountains. I mean and it's uh, an hour and a half, maybe from Atlanta. Yeah, it North
7: Georgia's easy drive.
0: Beautiful, just up seventy-five, and then you, you, you once you get to Dalton, you cut to the west, and it's, it's mm-hmm.
7: another maybe thirty minutes. And Probably not, not too far from some of the wineries up there. Yeah,
0: yeah, it's it is. Just, I'll have to send you all the information. That'd be a great trip for you in summers. is not far away from you, so
3: I'm down. I'm down. I like it. All Keep right, uh,
0: Mad Dog. Do you have it teed up there?
3: Uh, Oh, we're going to play. We're going to listen to
0: that. I mean, you're in charge. I can't do anything with the audio from this side. I I can only say. No, I got
3: you. (laughs) You tell us. I appreciate uh, you you getting it to me so quickly there. That was nice. It makes me wonder what else you're doing there while the show's on. No, I can't. There's a reason why there's only one (laughs) camera in this room.
7: Planning world domination. That
0: doesn't sound like it's loud either. Is that yeah, on still, your end? Not,
3: that's still low. No, that's I've got it cranked up as high as it'll go. It's just low audio. That's bizarre. Uh, well, we're not going to worry about it
0: then. Uh, yeah. Um, one. Yeah, we won't worry about it. Go listen at your own expense. One twenty-seven here on Inside the Gamecocks the show, <laughs> Mike. I will introduce uh, the college football playoff rankings because they're going to yeah. be out tonight. Post trick or treating for many of us during it. Um, for others, do you anticipate at all? Do you anticipate like what the top 4 looks like right now in as far as the AP goes, Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Florida State? Will that be any different?
7: Um there's some there's some buzz out there. The the committee always likes to get cute and they like much like they do in basketball and baseball, they like to make a statement that your your strength of schedule, we're not afraid to ding you if you don't play anybody. So in the case of Georgia-Michigan, who most people, I think, if there was a consensus, would say they're the top two teams in college football right now. But their schedules have left a lot to be desired. So the committee might get a little cute with that. Keep in mind, I mean, the first time they ever did this was – I remember we were invited to a a, a special screening of it uh, in downtown Atlanta, and and Texas A&M was, like, number four, okay, Um if you go back and you look at the teams that start off in this thing, number one, it, it matters nothing. This is all just a TV show. So yeah, they could get cute with the order, but it does. It's it's so inconsequential. So if they get cute with the order, then you can have the talking heads uh, talk about it to fill up you know sixty minutes of of airtime, but it it won't matter a thing. Like the, all these things are going to work themselves out. For the most part, as always, it's trying to squeeze five into four and and that's where the least bit of controversy comes from. but I don't think it's it's enough where people are gonna be oh my goodness, that's an outrage. How could you have Georgia two instead of number one? Does it really matter? I
0: don't think that it does. I do think though what what will matter is who is behind the top four? All those one-loss teams, um, right? That that matter, you know, and they all matter for different reasons. Clearly, and now if you have one loss, it's you're hard pressed to think that any of them could to could get to a second loss, and and be in. But if you have one loss, you're also trying to get in because there are still some undefeateds, Mike. So, um, I don't know. Like, I'm not sure that it, it matters, but it doesn't matter. But, like, I'm curious to see where teams like Oklahoma will be. Ole Miss, for instance. Like, Oklahoma just got beat, upset at Kansas, 7-1 to mm-hmm. loss, right? Mm-hmm. And then you look at – and I think the AP's got them at 10. Uh, and then you look at what they've got remaining. They've got to go to Oklahoma State. They still have to go to BYU in a couple of weeks. I think they've got West Virginia and then TCU, uh, who's having a down year. And then more than likely, uh, if they can get through all that, um, then you would probably see Texas again. Although Oklahoma State's going, hey, didn't you just say we're playing Oklahoma this weekend at home? We'd like we'd like a word. Uh, they have to come in here and beat us too. Remember, so like those guys, Ole Miss. I mean, guys who have some who have something remaining on their schedule that is enough if they if they pull some upsets and get those big wins with that one loss, they can make that big jump into the top four. I, I'm curious to see where those guys are in the first rankings.
7: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, there's some there's some validity to that, because some, what I would call just lazy uh, voters, could could just say, well, this number one team was ranked fifth, and this number one team was ranked eighth, and therefore, if they keep winning out, they still have to be five and eight. Uh, you know, want the five has to be in front of the eight. Well, that's not necessarily the case, because there's so many things that change. A lot of people their schedule beefs up in November, and some they've already had the hardest part of their schedule. Uh, I mean, you mentioned Ole Miss. I mean, they're going to have Georgia. They're going to have Georgia in Athens. Yeah. You know, if they win that game a week from Saturday, well, now all of a sudden you got you're forced to pay attention to Ole Miss. But if they lose, uh, and they'll certainly be a significant underdog in that game, then it's like okay, you you just got kicked off the island. Uh, teams are going to start being kicked off the Big 12 island because they all play each other they all cannibalize one another and and then like i really think it's going to the 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 lone source of controversy is going to come down to is it Florida State or is it a pack school for the fourth and final slot like i, I you know if if things go the way we think the SEC champ is going to be in the Big 10 champ is going to be in right um and then um the big 12 champ I think will be in unless things get screwy and then they could, like I said, cannibalize themselves and knock themselves out of the playoff, which would pave the way for the pack. But like Florida State, if Florida State goes undefeated, they're they're in. But what if Florida State loses a game and they still wind up winning the ACC? I, that Then it gets a little bit dicey. But I think one through three are going to be really easy. It's either going to be Michigan-Ohio State the, from the Big Ten. It's going to be the winner of the SEC, which will probably come down to Georgia-Alabama, right? And then, you know, the the PAC champion, the Big 12 champion, the ACC champion, that's where things get a little bit – there's only only one of those could fit – There's three three champions for two slots. Unless you think there's a league that's going to get two teams, then you then now you really are trying to squeeze uh, teams in there from three different leagues.
0: Well, okay, so that's interesting, right? Is there a league that could get two teams? Um, At this point in time, the the most likely would be the Big Ten, but that would require somebody being ranked high enough and them feeling good enough about that team, or probably at number one or number two. Where a loss wouldn't drop them below number
7: four. I'm going to so, tell you this. I, I really think with all that's going on with Michigan, um, they're not getting any benefit of the doubt. So if they lose a game, Michigan's out. That's what I. That's what I believe. That's their one pound of flesh they're going to get. They're not going to get. They're, they're not going to vacate wins, which they shouldn't. They're not going to be banned from the postseason. No way, no how. They're not going to do that. Um, but if they lose a game. Their pound of flesh will be you. Don't get the benefit of the doubt. You're out. Ohio State's in. Period.
3: Yeah. I think it's interesting that you could you you could legitimately have four undefeated teams, assuming that the you know top four run the thing. Michigan, Ohio State's going to work itself out. Uh, Florida State runs the table and they win their conference. Washington. Washington. Same yeah. Yeah. So you've got. That would make it easy, right? Nice and clean. <laughs> and then, yeah, but at it, that point, the Big 12's out.
5: You don't no get, one, question. you get no questions. No question. Ball. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it really
7: hasn't been that clean yet for the number four, right? No. One through three is always clean. Four is murky. And yeah. I expect four to be murky again this year.
3: So let's say, and we ran some of these scenarios. I thought of one after we were done. Okay. So the Big 10 loser, let's say, Michigan, Ohio State. They come out with one loss. Uh, you value that better than, a, say, a one-loss Oregon who happened to win the rematch against Washington. I don't. I I I, I want to piggyback I don't either because I think the pack is a little stronger, you know, between Washington and Oregon than it is between Michigan and Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I, and piggybacking on that question you asked, uh, Phil, I'm, I'm, I'm we're going to load Mike down here. Mm. My my next question was going to be. Which, which one-loss team in college yeah. football do you like the most? For me, it's Oregon. I, I, I like Oregon. Everything about them, both sides of the football.
7: I think it's, it's Oregon and or Ohio State.
0: But they're not a one-loss team. Ohio State's doesn't have uh, a loss.
7: I, I, I'm aware of that, but I, I think they will. Have oh. one loss. Oh, so so,
0: you're, so we're predicting now. Well, no, I, now wait a second here. Uh, well, I think
7: yeah. Michigan. I think Michigan <laughs> beats Ohio State, and again, they only have to play them once this year because they still have those yeah. divisions. So Michigan beats Ohio State at home. Okay, so now Ohio State has one loss, but the one loss is to what some believe is the most talented team, both sides of the ball, most complete, et cetera, et cetera, in Michigan. And remember, they have a win at Notre Dame like they for all the big 10 um lackluster schedules Ohio State you could say they've actually done some things with their schedule yeah um so i think in that situation it would come down to Ohio State and Oregon i
0: do too it would and the the top 3 is so interesting for a, for a bunch of reasons right now and i do i agree i think it will be some variation of Georgia Michigan and Ohio State. Of those three, Ohio State has the best resume, Mike. Um, is considered the best team. But when you look at Michigan, for instance, those are the most lopsided results all year long. They haven't given up more than 10 points in a game. And I get it. There's nothing that stands out on that schedule. They're backloaded because they've got Penn State and they've got Ohio State. They have to go to Happy Valley. And they've got Ohio State coming to Ann Arbor at the end of the year. But they still have taken care of business with everybody that they've played, and it has not been close. Mm-hmm. So that's right. Michigan's been the most impressive by virtue of the scoreboard. Ohio State has the best resume. Georgia looks like the best football team. So you got a bunch of stuff working there. And that, that's yeah. just my opinion of
7: it. No, I, I I think you're spot on. And 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 to your previous point, I mean, what Oregon is doing, like I'm convinced, if Oregon played Washington five times, Oregon would win three or four of those five. Yeah. I realize, like, Washington won it, fair and square. So they have the, the, the so-called tiebreaker between those two. I believe Oregon, though, overall is a better team than Washington. I watched that game. I saw Oregon make some, quite frankly, dumb mistakes from Dan Lanning that he wished he had back. A little too aggressive, a little too much analytics, and, and, and not enough common sense that helped you lose that game. But it was on the road. It came down to the wire. And overall, Oregon played Damn good, and then they go to Utah. Man, oh man, you don't just go to Rice-Eccles Stadium and completely shut down Utah, and that's what they did. Like that was more impressive than people probably give it credit for. Um, so I, I, I'm on the Oregon bandwagon. I'm on the Michigan bandwagon. I'm on the Ohio State one loss get in the playoff bandwagon if certain things, you know, fall that way. And then there's like Florida State, you know, with the demise of the Tar Heels and a four and four Clemson, and like what else is that league? What else do you have? They go to Gainesville against a mediocre Florida team. Um, they have no margin of error in my mind. But if they're undefeated, we, we've learned this over time, going back to the BCS. An undefeated. Gets the edge over a one-loss team, even if the one-loss team has a slightly better resume. It doesn't matter. An undefeated Power Five will get in over that one-loss, no matter how good that one-loss team is.
0: It's amazing to think about next year. We'll be talking about twelve teams being in this thing, and thinking of Thank all goodness. the scenarios. Think of think about how many games. Like there's a there. There are always going to be games that truly matter, but think about how widespread that pool will be we get to this time next year you'll you'll have 20 games a weekend sometimes where you'll go this matters this matters right here this team is six and two this game matters to get into the college football playoff
7: Uh, you don't understand how long i had to argue with some people including some of my former co-hosts that first a regular play a regular season where you just vote for two teams that play for a a title game is a stupid idea. We did it for twenty years of the BCS, and and those people are nowhere to be found now. Like you, they they don't they don't come out and say I was all against the playoff and I still am. No, and then it was the oh well we got to keep it four if we expand that's a terrible idea. There's a few of those left that are just hanging. Sometimes you're like you don't want to admit you're wrong, so you'll just you'll you'll take that to the grave. But I think most of those have fallen off the cliff as well. Like Most people realize what, what we're embarking upon is actually really, really cool and, and a good way to actually determine a national championship and a good way for teams that have a great year but aren't necessarily going to be one and two still should have a chance to at least play for some bigger stakes. All these things are good. Makes all those games more relevant. Makes all those regular season games more relevant. Win, 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 win. Are people going to complain? Yeah, but I think it's going to fall on deaf ears and people will realize, how come we didn't do this for 100 years again? Why did we
0: do this? No doubt. I never understood it. I used to have this argument with somebody else all the time. I never understood the argument of an expanded playoff is going to devalue the regular season. How? You're making more games important as the season goes on of course. Yeah. More games that matter, not less.
3: And when this and when this poll comes out this evening, just look at 5 through 12. Yeah. And how fun some of those non-traditional or not just non-traditional but would never get them probably never have get the matchups will be.
7: Yeah. No, there's In no question. Stadiums. Yeah. That's right. And the whole notion the, the the Jamie the same it'll make the regular season meaningless argument, that's why we took it took 100 years to get just to the BCS, uh, and then it took another 20 years to get out of the BCS in a true playoff because people, that was the one thing they had left in their arsenal. Well, it'll, it'll make this game less important. Well, when 5-6 you know, and six South Carolina takes on 6-5 and five Clemson at the end of the year, that'll be just as important to the fans of those two programs and just as irrelevant to the rest of the country as it would be otherwise. Like, you you don't all of a sudden, and when Michigan-Ohio State plays, it'll still be a damn good game and very much relevant that people will want to see on a national level. That, the, that it was the weakest argument that anybody could come up with, and it just drove me insane. Like, reasonable people can disagree on a lot of things, when, especially when it comes to something as uh, you know trivial as sports in a way. But that whole, it, it would drive me batty. To have people say that with a straight face, uh, it'll, it'll destroy the regular season. No, it won't. And, it, and, no. it, and, and, and your, your argument is actually contradictory to the reality of what it will do, which is enhance so many games in the regular season, where teams now have a chance to play for higher stakes, whereas before it's like, well, we already got our six wins, so we're going to some bowl game. That won't be the case for a lot more programs now in November.
0: You'll have a lot of teams who will be sitting there at 6-2 and two after eight games and knowing that the next four games are playing for a chance to get into the college football playoff. And that, that makes college football relevant. I'm not saying you'll have a bunch of two-loss teams in there. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying, there is a possibility when you have two losses that you're not actually knocked out of this thing, depending on how the rest of the year goes. So, like, there, there's a, such a larger pool. I'll, I'll finish with this, and we'll take our final quick – uh, timeout here, and Harrison said the 12 team also eliminates the possibility of another TCU Georgia national championship game. True, it does eliminate, but it also can prove that to be like if if that happens, they earned it. You know what I mean? One hundred percent. They either earned it or they got knocked out. Uh,
7: we all agree TCU wasn't the second best. We 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 saw with our own eyes they weren't the second best team in the country, but they deserve to prove. One way or another, whether they did have that type of of ability to play with the big boys, uh, they earned their way into a playoff, and they did look. They did upset Michigan. Big big props to them. But in a twelve team playoff, you're going to have to be good for more than just one Saturday to get to that championship game. It's not just about pulling off an upset one one day, one game in the playoff. You're going to have to do it a couple of times. Uh, it'll weed out. You know, that next level of of team and program, and it'll give you the best matchups. Isn't that what we all want? Like, that's no, this is, this is absolute. I and, and believe you me, I didn't expect the people that run co- the sport of college football to actually come up with something that made a lot of sense, but by golly, they did it. Like, this actually makes a lot of sense, and it works. Uh,
0: Contrell asks if there will be playoff payments for teams who make the new 12 team playoff. Yes, I don't know. Oh, that. yeah particulars exactly i don't think they've finalized the money yet i don't
7: think they, they but, finalized the money yet uh, but uh, I, there's there's no before, doubt yeah. uh, the conferences oh, yeah. and the programs will both benefit they're all by getting having, paid. yeah they're <laughs> all getting paid um
0: they're always getting paid man always. yeah
7: so there's always incentive and and you know mm-hmm. the nil thing like first off I, if i'm an nfl scout and a kid doesn't want to compete in a playoff and just sit out that's a that's a red flag yeah. for me but secondly, if, if they're smart, they'll make it so that you don't get 100% of your NIL unless you finish out the season. To go back to um, the question about Rattler way back when, that, that shouldn't even be an option. Like if you want to get the full allotment, you don't, you don't get that unless you, you, you don't just quit. <laughs> and what other line of work do you just quit? And they say, okay, good. Well, we're just going to pay you for the, next, the rest of the year because you quit. That doesn't that doesn't work in real life. We we, we want it to model real life, right? Well, then you you get what you you get what you pay for. You get what you play for.
0: We'll see what everybody's playing for after this weekend. Although the rankings do come out tonight, boy, a lot can change very quickly. Uh, coming up this weekend, uh, some notable games to maybe keep an eye. I I think that they're going to be okay, but there might be a little heartburn early. Ohio State hits the road for Rutgers, depending on what the weather looks like noon kick piscataway new jersey number three the town you just
3: just be careful
0: they're 18 point favorites but we'll see kansas state is on the road at texas texas only a four-point favorite in that one a uh, and is at old miss old miss is only a three-point favorite at home uh in that one these are all of course teams that uh, is outside of ohio state at this point Ole in Miss time, is only
7: a three-point favorite at home
0: can you believe that yeah against AM. That's- Somebody knows something we don't know, Mike, and I don't know what it is.
7: Well, it's the same reason why I didn't like the Gamecocks' chances in that game. One thing A&M can do is they can beat you up on the line. Yeah. And Ole Miss is still – they're kind of a finesse team. Like, they're not nasty on the line of scrimmage, but they don't have to be to win games. But I can understand where Texas A&M is not a great matchup for Ole Miss. I get that. But a three-point spread? woo. That might be uh, Salsarita's Fab Five worthy. We'll see.
0: I think it might be. Missouri is at Georgia this weekend. I uh, mentioned Coach Fregen earlier. Penn State at Maryland. Watch out. Uh, Why
7: Oklahoma. were you talking about Ralph Regen?
0: Um, I've gotten to know Ralph well over the years. Really? He, uh, he lives down here. He's a good friend of uh, Patrick's. And um, oh, okay. And, and so he goes to the uh, shows, and we were at the wedding together last year. Yeah, he was,
7: was mad. Also, there was a time Ralph Regent was the man when it came to offensive minds uh, in college football.
0: Like I'm telling you, PD always make he makes fun of me publicly, but he knows behind uh, privately we he he gets it. I don't talk to Ralph Regent. I just sit there and listen.
7: Just listen, listen and learn. Oh, the Amen. stories!
0: I sat there at his wedding last year with Ralph. Why the Alabama-Tennessee game was on? Bill O'Brien was his protege, and he's literally calling the plays. On the TV screen, we're watching the game, and Coach Fridge is sitting here calling the plays that O'Brien's about to call. It was the most amazing thing I've We
7: ought to have him on before. sometime.
0: We can. He'd love to. That's He's a, He's totally uh, it. He told me that.
7: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying. You He's been
0: phen- phenomenal. Absolutely.
7: He's right. uh, uh, One of the yeah. best play callers in the last thirty years.
0: Yeah. Great guy. Great guy. Uh, final quick uh, timeout. We are driven by the fine folks and the beautiful vehicles of love. Chevrolet, oh yeah, Columbia, South Carolina. Hang tight. We'll be right back.
5: The State Farm Personal Price Plan helps you create an affordable price just for you.
8: Contact local agent Gary Patterson for your
6: personal price plan today. Down here in the South, we don't always see eye to eye. While our taste in college football teams, or what sauce, if any, goes best on a rack of ribs, or what to mix with our Dixie Vodka might be up for debate, we can all agree there's nothing better than a Southern tailgate. And like our favorite college teams, our ingredients come from small towns and big cities. They're grown in Southern soil, are crafted by Southern hands, and proudly represent the South in our backyard and beyond. So raise a glass of Dixie Southern Vodka to celebrate being made in America and raised in the South.
0: Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels, Magnum, Velotric, Aventon Bikes, and more, and they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. electricbittescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bites of Charleston powering inside the Gamecocks the show. Woo! Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina
1: Go
4: today Not today, sweetie.
1: One heart's breaking, while another one is mending. It's all in the ebb and flow. If I had to, I could go it alone. But because you've become my own, these windows could shut into the ground right down Because you've become my home You don't have to
3: tell longer right? Because you've become my
1: home
0: Final segment here. Halloween on a Tuesday afternoon inside the Gamecocks. The show from the Sina Rama Studios and uh, built by the Barn Dominium Co. and served by Chicken Whiskey. Quickly here from Shane Beamer. Trey Jones out this week. Everyone else questionable. That does include Vershawn Lee, uh, hoping to try to get him back uh, this weekend. Xavier Leggett, Trey Knox are both guys that they're hoping. To get back in there as well, but another lineman out this week um, in Trey Jones, Big Tree, Travon Ball. Uh, they are also, according to a contact from yesterday, uh, working through their injuries, but they're expected to be able to go this weekend. But outside of Nick Gargiulo, and knock on wood for him, the whole offensive line is banged up. It's just, it's, it's just it is what it is. It is.
7: Can't it think is. of a more frustrating way uh, to lose ball games when you can't block. I just, yeah. I can't. I can't come up with one. No, yeah, no. You know, because no. if you can solve that, you got a bad passing game. You try to run. If you got a bad running game, you throw your way to victory. If you can't block, it's hard to do both. So, yeah, it,
0: We uh, had
3: like three quarters of a really good line right coming out of the bye, and they made the switch, mm-hmm. moved Lee over to right tackle, you know, and then put Garjulo in at center. Until Vershawn Lee got hurt, that looked service. I mean, not just serviceable. That was a good line because having Lee surrounded by two experience—I mean, having Boss surrounded by two experienced players—made him better. He played the best, you know, <laughs> few quarters of football he's played all year. No surprise. Um, and yeah, it's just what it's been devastating. It just really has. You, you, there's no continuity there.
0: Shane said today as well. The the next four are what people are going to remember, and we plan on finishing strong. Um, and Mike, I'll you know only a few minutes left in the segment here, but I'll say this: uh, I think, and I don't know this, I haven't talked to Shane, uh, but I'm just you know going on a hunch, if you want to call it that. I think they feel pretty good, regardless of what any naysayers out there want to talk about about this week, and they should. They should beat Jacksonville State. People can hype this up all they want to. They're better than Jacksonville State, guys. Let's knock it off.
7: They are. I, I just, I'll just, i just mean, say one thing on that, Jamie. If you notice, like what Nick Saban does in week 11 or week 12, he he schedules Western Carolina. Yeah. If you want an automatic dub, you don't schedule a former FCS power that's now in FBS and playing good ball. Um, but, yes, you're right. You should beat them. I'm just saying <laughs> there are yeah. easier games you could put on in this spot to feel a lot better about stuff.
0: Yeah, you, you there's no doubt. I, I get it. I get it. But you know, you, you go back and they have a nice record seven, two, five and one in conference USA. I respect that. I have no disrespect. They they got beat by Coastal, who's not any good. They barely got by UTEP, who's not any good. They barely got by Western Kentucky, who's not any good. They got pounded by Liberty. You know, they're they're if you stop that little that Rich Rod offense, you stop stop the quarterback, it's over. Um, you know, and I think we all know that. My my point was The Gamecocks are better than this Gamecocks team, Jacksonville State, and they're better than Vanderbilt. A perfect world here, if you can avoid a bunch of big injuries, if you can avoid any more, please God, Uh, (laughs) they're trying to get all the horses up and running before you get to Kentucky. And That's right. Okay, we've got our final two. Let's finish the way we can finish, and let's let's ride off into the sunset on a high note.
7: Yeah, and and, I think, and you know I go back to what I've been saying since July that the, the three game swing game stretch because I didn't put A and M in that category, but I put what Florida should have won, didn't? Uh, Missouri got outplayed, and didn't I didn't expect Missouri to have their best team maybe since they joined the league, uh, and then Kentucky. And, and the thing about this Kentucky team that's different from the ones that won a lot of games – by the way, Will Levis, four touchdown passes um, on Sunday, in case you for those that thought he couldn't play a lick. Um, they don't rush the passer well. This is not your typical Brad White D They don't have like a, a Josh Allen coming off the edge. That's a nightmare matchup problem. The, the weaknesses of Carolina, which we all know are the offensive line, will not be exposed as much against Kentucky – which is why I think that's a very winnable game still. And for that matter, I'm not sure Clemson's – well, I am sure. They don't have nearly the, the type of pass rush that they've had in years past. No. So, I mean, every game on that schedule is absolutely winnable. And, and we know that <laughs> if you beat Clemson on that final Saturday, um, there, there's a lot of warm and fuzzies that that'll, you'll still have. It's been, a, it's been a tough year, but, man, if you could beat Clemson two years in a row, it hadn't happened in a while. That would go a long way.
0: Yeah, it sure would. There's no doubt about it. I mean, those those last two are the golden tickets to this year's season. Mike, you you um, you know, you mentioned beating Clemson, but also if they're able to take down the Wildcats, then you know that would be uh, their third win against Kentucky in the last five years, or second in a row. And you're starting to feel right in that department again, mm-hmm. as well. You know, they used to beat them every year. And, um, and you got to get that figured out. So I'm I'm pretty sure that this staff is doing all they can. You might not see some guys you really want to see this weekend or the following weekend if they can avoid it. They, you might not see them because they're just trying to make sure yeah. that they're st- stopped up and ready to go for Le- Wildcats and Tigers.
7: L- L- Leggett clearly wasn't – Xavier Leggett was not clearly not the same guy that we're used to seeing on Saturday. He's clearly slowed up. I mean, I – if you if you can avoid it, you'd almost like to just put him in you know in bubble wrap, and and save him for more important games down the year. I don't know. Again, if you're going to have that luxury, um, because if you really want things to go sideways, lose this game, and it's just, um, I might sit that week out. <laughs> Jamie, yeah. we'll, we'll have Brian yeah, Spencer sit in for the Power Hour. <laughs> yeah, we,
3: we said we were thinking monday off if we dropped this game yeah yeah just let's <laughs> yeah. you know,
7: call monday a national uh morning day of, of of sorts but um yeah i do want to quickly mention gary patterson gary patterson.net yep. uh my state farm agent for a long time handles everybody in uh, columbia Lou golf lexington camden Blythewood, and the midlands if you're somewhere around that part of the state of south carolina you won't do any better than Gary Patterson of State Farm, and believe you me, I've shopped. I'm I'm a loyal guy, but uh, if if there's somebody offering better rates and better coverage, I'm not that loyal. Uh, but Gary is uh, outstanding, and if you do have an issue, he's always accessible. So when he's not refereeing games on national television and the uh, ACC. He's doing great work as a real estate agent, real estate agent, and insurance agent has done so for a long time. Jamie's the real estate agent. You couldn't call him, but for actual a home auto and a life insurance, GaryPatterson.net. Tell him you heard about it here on ITG.
0: That'll do it. It's Halloween. Mike, what's your favorite Halloween chocolate? Do you have a favorite chocolate? Or favorite? Oh,
7: yeah. I'm I, see. i I'm not a cookie guy. I'm not a cupcake guy, but I love me some chocolate. Uh, Reese's peanut butter cups—if they were currency—I've eaten about three million uh, in my lifetime, and still counting. <laughs> uh, if you want to go a little fancy, a little Ferrero Rocher. Rocher—I oh, wow. don't speak that language, but they're really good chocolates. I'm a big hazelnut guy. Peanut M&Ms can't go wrong there. Um, Hershey's with almonds. Yes. You might notice a pattern here.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, I'm the. I'm the. I could eat. If I had a bag, it doesn't matter how big it could be, it could be a suitcase, peanut butter M&M's, peanut butter filled M&M's.
7: Oh, heck yeah. Oh, I'm down oh. for that. have oh, yeah. it's
0: tummy ache. It's
1: over. Yeah. I'll eat this there's will so
7: The combination of chocolate and peanut butter, like, I don't know why it's so good, but it's just that good. Just can't get that's enough a, of
0: it. That's a, that's a commercial. If I've ever heard one.
7: Well, they used to have, I'm a couple years older than you, but they used to have... Why did your, ch- your chocolate just went into my peanut butter? Your peanut butter just went into my chocolate. That's not like an adult movie. That's actual uh, Reese's commercials back in back in the 80s and 90s.
3: Mike, that's and then the you're yurt. You're left wondering what kind of a psychopath walks around with that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <pour> a jar of peanut
7: <laughs> butter. What do you do with a jar of
3: peanut butter, <laughs> you <laughs> sicko?
7: Get out of my town, you weirdo.
0: Mike, that's the yurt over my shoulder.
7: Oh, that's a yurt. Oh, yeah, what's that's a, a yurt? Okay. Can
0: you see, can you see in the distance? Oh, me oh that's here. a
7: good-looking yurt. Okay, hold on. <laughs> I got to
0: do the weatherman thing here. Fine if looking. you see in the distance here, back here, that's overlooking the whole state of Georgia.
7: That's okay. i okay. I have to check that out. I, I wrote you, it down. You would love Send to me the, the links. links.
0: It's a great I, place.
7: I'm I'm down. Always I'm looking for new and exciting plant, spots.
0: Everything. But it's neat, neat. I and mean, there's nothing up there except for golf and a. Giant state park to go hiking in, and a yurt. Which a
7: beautiful, love. beautiful.
0: Well, I'm uh, J.C. said he'd be back. Naturally, not. So you don't get a final look at whatever he was dressed as today. Fat uh, Morgan Walling according to uh, Patrick Davis with a P.H. with a P.H. For uh, Hale McGranahan and Patrick Davis, and of course the Golden Tones of Mike Morgan. JB, JC, and Phil. We'll see you tomorrow at noon from in- from the the Studios on Inside the Gamecocks, the show.